What is up, everybody? It's that time. That's right. It's the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode 15 titled Just Wait. As a matter of fact, I don't want to wait. I want to get right into the biggest interview in podcasting this week with Ole Miss baseball star and current national champion, Hunter Elliott. All right, Hunter, my man, welcome back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, and it's good for us to have you back. And there is a lot. And I mean a lot to talk about. I mean, the last time we were talking to you, you were having a little run with Tupelo. You were preparing to go to Ole Miss, but now you sit here as a national champion. Has that uh, has that feeling wore off yet? Or are you still on cloud nine? Uh, I, I don't think it's ever going to wear off. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's just stays with me forever. But so for now, no, it hasn't worn off. Uh, We've kind of gotten into the moving on to next year, but no, the feeling hasn't worn off and hopefully it never does. Well, I always say this and these guys can, can attest to this. You are the champion until somebody beats you. So that's right. You can have that feeling until you guys are no longer in it. That's Um, right. But let's, let's go back. All right. Now you get to Ole Miss and there's a lot of comparisons being made to you and Doug Nikhazy, is there any pressure coming in to being compared to a guy like Ole Miss Doug? I, I didn't see it really as pressure. I thought it was it was cool. Uh, I, I just – I didn't ever really think much about it. I always – I mean, I, I watched him when I was in high school and knew he was an incredible pitcher and everything like that. But, I mean, obviously, given the number 26 with long hair, left-handed pitcher uh, – I kind of knew the day that I walked in there and saw that they they gave me number 26. I was like, oh, here we go. Here come the Doug comparison. So I just kind of just handled it and just kind of viewed it as a good thing and that people wanted to compare me to a pitcher like him. Yeah, it's got it's got to be, you know, a, a good feeling to know, like you're being compared to a guy of, of that stature um, yeah. on that team. But also, you know, you, you – you're your own guy, man. You're making right. your own your own waves. So it, it's good to see how things worked out. But, you know, as you guys get into the fall and, and start really the prep work for this national championship run, um, we got to talk the Omaha Challenge. We got to talk the Pizza Bowl. Starting with the Omaha Challenge, who who was who drafted you? So Brandon Johnson, I think I was a, a second round pick. Uh after the snake had gone through one time and came back around to him, uh, second or third round pick. Unacceptable. Uh, you got to so, be a first round pick. They don't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what their deal was. They just, I mean, I, I ended up finishing, I think 11th. So definitely better than third round. Uh, so he drafted me. He was a, a great captain. Did your team end up winning? Absolutely not. So we, <laughs> We, we were actually pretty good. We had some – we were like more of the, the bulky team, the, the, the team that won – we won the tug of war. We won the, the ones like that. But 
man, the challenge course and the running just crushed our team standings. Outside of the, the win or loss as the team, like personally, how did you do? Or do you have some work to do this year? Yeah, no doubt have work to do this year. Got got some redemption. I think entering the last day, I was either ninth or 10th, which I was like, okay, may, may grab a top 10 here. Uh, and then the challenge course, man, that's that's something I'd never been through before. That was, it was something else. So I think it dropped me right outside the top 10. So this year, definitely going for like a top five finish is what I'm saying. Nice. We've, we've got some absolute specimens on the team, like Calvin Harris and Mason Nichols that are going to be really, really tough to beat. So, you know, when, when you're looking back on it, you know, what was your favorite event and what was your least favorite event? Was the obstacle course the, the, the most difficult? Yeah, there, there were some difficult ones. There was the obstacle course. We had this like we ran across the field and I don't even know what we did with this med ball, like raced across the field with med ball. And uh, on the way back, we had to like drop down and do like, I don't even know what it was, but that one, everybody was just crushed after that one. Uh, surprisingly, the swimming one, that one, I think we swam like a hundred meters and we all couldn't breathe after. So Ole Miss baseball is not a super big swim team. Uh, but I would say probably, I really enjoyed the team events. Like, like I said, the tug of war, we did like some tire flips for like, I don't know, it felt like forever, 200 yards or something like that. Uh, just the team ones I thought, thought were really cool. So what, what we just learned, this is breaking news. Old Miss baseball is not very buoyant. Not at <laughs> no, all. absolutely not. No, I think we had a couple guys that were like holding on to the ropes and just Did you trying spell to survive buoyant? for your life. <laughs> me no not you the principal okay, good could i spell good. buoyant i think so <laughs> b-o-u-y-a-n-t buoyant is use that right sentence. yeah use it in a sentence and don't say old miss <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, man, why, why are you gonna call my man out he sounded so educated and you just gonna know I, I had to throw some shade to get us back on track hey man there you go, there you go. It's it's not about buoyancy, but it, it is it is about challenges. And obviously that was one of the ones that stuck with you. But, you know, moving yeah. moving into the, the pizza bowl, did you find yourself on the winning side this time? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I try not to find myself on the losing side of many games. Did, did you enjoy the pizza while your team while your teammates ran? That's got to be a satisfying feeling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's some of the best tasting pizza I've ever had. So was was there any was there any bad blood or any sting or, you know, while your teammates sat there and ate? No, or, I don't, or, or I don't they, think so. They, we just. You guys are good I, with it. Yeah, I mean, it's just going into the game. You know, you're either going to be eating pizza that night or you're going to be running around the field while we eat pizza until until we think you're good. <laughs> and, and shout out Hayden Leatherwood because he brought Jackson half a pizza over there while they were over there divvying it out. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, obviously in, in the fall, you know, Jim was out doing his thing. He had season tickets for you guys, but he wanted to get out and do some fall scouting. And, you know, he kept reporting back, you know, Hunter Elliott looks good. Hunter Elliott looks real good. Hunter Elliott looks great. Did you feel as though you were looking good or you were looking great or you were having a lot of confidence as the fall progressed? I felt like 
I had a solid fall. I, I felt like it was definitely definitely not one of like something just crazy eye popping. I think I had a, a solid ERA, stuff like that. But I was just coming out of the fall. I was like, man, I, I really thought I could have done more. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I thought that I, I put myself in a good spot to, to get some innings and to, to get opportunities, which you need as a freshman to uh, show what you can do in games and then just eventually prove who you are. So I, I felt like I, I had a solid fall, just not a dominant fall. But that, that's good that some people thought so. Hey, I'll, I'll say this, you know, since Daniel can say, you know, boy, it and sound educated. Um, I went go. as far I went as far as to tell both these cats that you would be a weekend starter before it's all said and done. And I mean, hey, we know what's going to come when we talk about it. That's right. That's right. That's always the goal. I'm not, I'm not going to let you disrespect me on this thing now. Like, <laughs> I ain't I ain't sounding educated, dude. I am educated. So let's. <laughs> as long let's as you as long as you give me my flowers back that I said that about Hunter, we good. You, I, pretty sure I did. Gave you all the credit, man. I mean, you're the one who said. <laughs> no, you Hunter. Were... Hunter gets the credit. He did it. He's got. Hey, he's the one that's got to make me look good. <laughs> so obviously, you know, you you set yourself up in a position to to get some innings in the spring, and you you did start the season with some action. You were coming out of the bullpen uh, the first two weekends against Charleston Southern and, and Virginia Commonwealth. Um, you had success. What were the nerves like getting getting the toe to rubber for the first time um, in front of the Ole Miss faithful? And, you know, were do you feel like you were ready? Do you feel like you were a bullpen guy or did you feel like you needed to be that main guy? Uh, no, I, I felt like, uh, I mean, obviously the nerves were, were crazy. That first, uh, what was it, Charleston Southern? Mm-hmm. That first Charleston Southern outing, I think we were – up a, like a few runs on a Sunday. And I was like, dude, this feels like the ninth inning of the college world series. You just have the, the butterflies and the jitters. So that was, that was awesome. Um, but I mean, uh, we had some, some guys that had really good falls and some guys that had really good springs and had, had worked their way into the starting rotation to start the year. So I just, I was one that just, when I got the ball in my hand, I wanted to pitch well and perform well and wanted us to win. So I didn't care that I was in the bullpen, obviously. Your goal is always going to be to to be the Friday night starter, to be the ace, no matter if you're a freshman or or a senior. You, that's what you want to be. So, uh, obviously, my goals were to be that, but I just I kind of just took it with how it was, and I was a bullpen arm at that time and wanted to pitch well. Well, it, it's it seems like coaches took a notice to it because they they saw the success because you did end up getting a first start. Um, you, you got a win against ULM in a midweek game. You had nine strikeouts and in four innings. Um, right. What was what was it like knowing that you were going to start that game? And what was it like, you know, after, you know, I, I could imagine you were just like complete exhaustion. You you went, you know, four innings, but I bet it felt like it was a lot more. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, leading up to it, obviously, I was I was pumped for my first start at Ole Miss. Uh, so that was super exciting. And then to, to perform well was obviously just icing on the cake and what I expected doing, what I wanted to do. So that was nice. And it was good that the coaches kind of showed early that they had confidence in me and the belief that I was good enough. Yeah. So as the season progressed, obviously, you know, with, with baseball, there are going to be bumps in the roads, but you definitely had mostly a, a ton of success, but, you know, at what point in the season or was there a particular moment where you knew you were going to get into that weekend rotation? Ah, uh, man, that's tricky. We had, so we had, 
as everyone knows, Tennessee kind of came into to Swayze and just absolutely owned us. It was embarrassing, embarrassing Sunday after that game. Uh, so, and the whole pitching staff pitched terrible, I think. Literally, I don't know if anyone pitched good. Uh, maybe a couple people pitched good on the Sunday game, but I don't even know if it was ever talked about again. So we were – uh, we had like a little meeting and that we were, we might switch up the starters. Uh, so I was like, man, maybe I, maybe I get a start this next weekend. I think Kentucky was the next weekend. Uh, and then, so Delusia started the Friday night game. And then that Friday night, coach B told me that I was starting the Saturday game. That's the, that was the first time that I knew. So, uh, that's, I kind of had a glimpse of it there and then I pitched well, I went the next week and pitched poorly and was kind of out of the rotation so it wasn't ever this season was kind of weird it wasn't ever like a exact time where I was like dude I've, I've got a solidified spot in the rotation it was just it was up for grabs there for a while until kind of the end of the year and the postseason you brought up the Tennessee series I'm gonna tell you Randy did not let Dylan Delucia off the hook for his comments he was he was ready for it and so we had him on there because you, you know, go I don't, I don't know if you remember what he said but he said they overlooked yeah no Tennessee. doubt and he, you know you get, you can't say yeah, stuff like that. that. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we gave him crap forever. He was he was saying that we overlooked him, and he had given up like four home runs in four innings. And we we're like, how? How did we overlook? The best him? part was that but, the next day, uh, just, when they tried to I, interview him, he said, "I can't. I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we kind of we were like, man, why would you say that? Why would you say that we we just got beat ten to nothing on Friday night at home? Why would you say that we we overlooked him? But you you got to know Delusia to know that man. That's that's just how he was. Yeah, no doubt. And then obviously, you know, he backed it up there after and we got to talk talking about it. But for you, you know, I felt like when you look at your your turning point in the season, because, you know, Daniel talked about the, the bumps in the road. You talked about it. Um, even though it didn't result in a win, it was first starting with that Mississippi State series. And I, and I want to ask you about that start, because you're a kid from the state of Mississippi, understands the bragging rights that come from that series. Um, you know, it's yeah. at Swayze. The atmosphere is electric because I was there. Um, you know, just talk about what it is, you know, especially being someone from Mississippi, just that pride and especially for Ole Miss going into pitching that start. Yeah, that was uh, that was huge. That was one of the coolest starts of, of my year, obviously, other than Omaha and some postseason starts. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think I got told earlier in the week that I was starting and I was like, yes, because I think the week before I'd actually not pitched at all. So it was like the South Carolina weekend. I was I was out of the rotation, and I didn't even pitch in relief or anything. So went all the way to South Carolina, didn't pitch an inning, and I was like, dang, all right. And then Coach B told me early in the week, like, hey, you're starting Saturday against Mississippi State. And I was like, okay, here we go. So uh, I was super pumped, and I was like, yeah, uh, super excited. And then, of course, Dylan went out and threw nine innings on Friday, and I was like, okay, here we go. We can, we can grab this series. And then – Obviously, everyone knows how that went. We just we just couldn't pull it out. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he, uh, I was I was with the Mississippi State dads, and they were just like, "We got to get this guy off the the rubber," and they they couldn't get Dylan off to save their life. He he wasn't coming out. But I mean, you no. fared well. Let's let's not act like you got beat up on. Um, you just didn't get the, yeah, the W no. in the column. But that uh, clearly is when you became the the regular weekend starter, and you know your next start. Um, and I got to ask you because it's Arkansas. Would you say that Baum Walker was the hardest place you had to pitch in this year? Yeah, no doubt. Those, those that atmosphere was unreal. Uh, 
supposedly I, I heard that Alex Box was going to be pretty close to it. I think we kind of, uh, the well, the, the rain, the rain outs, and then we came back the next day. And I think that kind of threw a wrench in that. So I wish it would have, it would have been the normal Alex Box stadium as it usually is. But uh, yeah, ball marker was insane. I mean, packed out 13,000 every game, even for the Sunday game. Uh, another series that we just barely this in that little stretch there that we could just not pull out the close games. Yeah, I mean, but you know, once again, just like the the Mississippi State performance, not not a terrible performance, just didn't get the no, number. yeah, right. And and you can right. tell you can tell you're starting to catch your groove. And I don't think it's a coincidence because um, if you look going after that series, you know, um, not only do you find your groove, it's the same time the team finds the groove, and and you know, it all kind of coincides together. So your next two starts, you know, you dominate versus Missouri. You have seven innings, just one run allowed, nine Ks. And then you go into Alex Box, like you said, I was there for it. Um, you know, watch you put work in on my team, six and two thirds with nine Ks. Um, so you know, at that time, the bats also get hot. So I know for a pitcher, yeah. you got to be feeling good when you got the the run support. So just just talk to me about how that all came together as a team. Uh, and for you, you know how everything started to come together, and then, like I said, the team as one. Because, like you know, Tim Tim said, don't let the revs get hot. Yeah. So it was it was really during that stretch, the like Mississippi State, South Carolina, Arkansas, where we were losing all those one run games. We we were all like, man, we we know it's it's there. We know it's all just one swing away every single game, or one pitch away on the mound every single game. So we just the big thing was just just sticking with it and just knowing that. I mean, we were six seven pitches away from winning four or five more SEC games in that little stretch. So. Uh, it's just everyone had super ultra confidence in everybody. Uh, the hitters had confidence in the pitchers. The pitchers had confidence that the, the hitters were going to put up runs. And, uh, I mean, it just, I don't know, uh, just clicked. And we we kind of went on a little run and never stopped. And, yeah, and since, you know, bringing up the LSU series against Alex Box uh, or at, at Alex Box, we had Eric Razelman on here. And, he uh, man, he gave you all all the props in the world. He said, you know, after that series that he felt like y'all were the team that nobody would want to see in the postseason. And and obviously yeah. it's going to play that way. And so, um, I mean, he just had the utmost respect just talking about, you know, after they play. He said, you know, you know, obviously you're a pitcher, but for your hitters, he said it didn't matter what he threw. Like y'all, y'all were teeing yeah. off. And um, and so and it was and it was right. like that for most of the LSU pitchers. And so y'all really got it going. But you know, obviously y'all lose the SEC tournament game. So you still have to await your fate. You know, we've seen the videos. We've talked to some of your teammates. But for you, man, being in that in that room, hearing Ole Miss get selected to be in Coral Gables, you know, what's the feeling like? Yeah, well, honestly, it's kind of like like your guy at LSU said. It was we were all like, man, they better not let us in. Nobody wants to see us come to their regional. Nobody wants to see us come to their super regional. We were like, so it was just that whole morning. We were all. It was kind of we. I think we had a team breakfast uh, and to see like to watch the show and stuff or something like that, a team lunch maybe. And then it was kind of, it wasn't the normal team lunch. Everybody was anxious, nervous, you know, uh, as expected, but man, once we got in, it was like, it was like we had been fighting this uphill battle ever since we, we were kind of dug ourselves in that hole uh, that everybody was zero and zero. And uh, we just, we, we had such a weight lifted off our shoulders and we could play free again. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan described it as playing with house money when he came on. Yeah, here. and so yeah, um, no doubt it is. Yeah, go down to Coral Gables, and you know, um, 
you get the host team Miami. But before that, you know, even happened, did you ever imagine yourself, especially going into going into the postseason, that you know you'd be waiting on a hurricane to dictate when you were going to play some baseball? Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was just that was the story of our season, though. Just crazy stuff, man. Uh, but yeah, that was that was unlike any other. I, I, we spent so much room in the freaking hotel that weekend. And it seemed like we, we barely played any baseball, uh, but it, it was cool at the same time as scary a little bit. Yeah, you go to Miami and you don't get to enjoy South Beach. You got to spend right. it in a hotel. Uh, trying right, to stay avoiding a hurricane, yeah. So, you know, you all get the win. You turn in a solid performance. Um, you know, like we said, this is a point in which, uh, you know, you've been cruising. Um, but it's the next one that I really want to get into uh, in Hattiesburg. You know, you walked into Southern Miss House and you throw seven and a third innings, three hits, no walks, 10 strikeouts, and dominate them. And you outdueled Tanner Hall, who, you know, was, you know, doing so well. So what was yeah. it like, you know, um, talk to me about the success. I, I, I watched the game, like I said, man, it seemed like you had the full arsenal that day. You were able to pick your spots. You know, talk to me about the success of that right. Yeah, like you said, it's it's one of those rare days where you have all your pitches and locating, commanding all of them, feeling solid with all of them. Uh, I knew coming into that game, I mean, Tanner Hall had just won the, uh, I don't I forget what it's called, the winner of the best player in Mississippi, and, and that's saying something. So I, I knew outdueling him was going to be tough, and I knew that he was an incredibly good pitcher. So uh, I had to bring my A game, and uh kind of in the bullpen when when game, we have games like that it's almost like you're like man I really feel it really feels solid day everything feels good everything's coming out of the hand good and just it just it's just happened that way I guess it, it was a blessing for sure yeah no on tv it was, it was a beautiful sight to see I mean like I said uh and you said it you know just I mean your location you you were able to just do whatever you wanted and so right. um Y'all advanced to Omaha, and I texted you how surreal it was, um, you know, throughout the season. Um, you know, I go watch you and Brady, you know, throw the best high school game I'd ever seen. Yeah. And I texted y'all when I had split screens, and it just so happened that, um, you know, his game was ending when y'all's game was starting. So, you know, him as a closer and you as a starter, y'all were pitching both at the same time on my split screens. And it's like, oh, my God, these are the same two guys that I just watched in high school last year. And then here we are, y'all are both freshmen headed to Omaha. Like, just, uh, yeah. I know this this is about Ole Miss, but, man, it's for a guy that, like, you know, uh, that's your friend that you pitched against, how cool is it, like, you know, just the the road and that, that y'all both ended up at Omaha? Yeah, yeah, super cool. And it just shows the talent in Mississippi, really, the talent of Mississippi baseball. I think also Braden Montgomery was at Stanford, uh, made it to Omaha, too, so. I think I faced him in the North half that year. Uh, we went up against each other at MC, which was a, a, a battle. Uh, so it was just, it was cool to see it all come together. And uh, a few, we had like this little thing where we like all met up, uh, all the teams met up and like played some cornhole and stuff like that at this park before the parade. And it was, it was just cool to see uh, guys like them from Mississippi, uh, both freshmen, uh, both played against last year that we had but all three made it to Omaha. So speaking of Omaha, before we really get into that, I want to ask you about the, the veteran leadership that you had on that team. Yeah, well documented. Uh coming into the season, obviously it ends perfectly, right? But in the right, middle, right. maybe it didn't. So you got some guys on there that have that have been on 
you know, this show, but talk to me about what it was like, obviously very successful freshman, but you're a freshman on a team with the likes of Elko, Kevin Graham, Hayden Dunhurst, et cetera. So talk about just what that experience meant for you as a young player coming in. Uh, well, it taught me a lot for sure. Uh, I mean, I think that's one of the sole reasons why we were able to to kind of grind out that little low point, or I, I don't know if it was a little low point. We were we were kind of down bad there for a little bit in the middle of the season. Uh, but just the leadership of guys like them, and even some that are never mentioned, like Max Trophy and guys like that, uh, it's just the leadership of them just continually uh, in the locker room saying, guys, it's it's not that far away. We're, we're so close in every aspect. Uh, uh, that, that definitely propelled us forward and allowed us to go on that little run and then uh, dominate in the postseason like we did. They were just such good leaders and, and knew that just showing up to the field every day, doing – uh, the same thing over and over is going to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. That consistent grind. So yep. you, you get to Omaha and you don't have to play until the second day. Right. So did that right. give you guys a chance to kind of get settled and see some things in Omaha first? Yeah. Omaha is a cool little town. It was, it was really cool. Uh, we actually went to, or a lot of us went to one of the first games. I can't remember what, I think it was Texas and like Notre Dame or something. And it was oh. cool kind of just to, to see the atmosphere as a fan and everything before you experienced it as a player. So I think that helped uh, settle us in a little bit, and, and that was nice for sure. Yeah, so no doubt. So your first performance and, and win come against Arkansas, a team that you had faced earlier in the season and kind of struggled with. How much did it kind of help you that you had seen that team, even though you struggled, had seen that lineup before? Did it help you get prepared for that game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much I didn't struggle a ton. I think I allowed a couple or actually I think I allowed a solo jack and a two run jack, three three runs or so. So you gotta talk to my it, producer about the struggled line. I don't, that, I don't know. That's yeah. the I said three on runs. I said a little struggle. That's all right. No, yeah, that's all right. That is a little struggle. Two home runs in the same game's not great, I would say. Uh but yeah, I knew that they had they had touched me up a little bit. Uh so I was gonna have to bring my A game again, obviously, just like you do against really everybody we play. Um, so I also knew a little bit how I was going to attack their hitters, uh, kind of guys that I had success against, guys that touched me up a little and what I needed to do. Uh, watched a little more video, um, did some more preparing. So, yeah, I think they – yeah, if I remember correctly, they touched me up a little early in that game too uh, before I settled in a little bit. And obviously the – think the offense put up like 15 runs so it's not too hard to pitch them yeah yeah I was gonna say it's, what's it like pitching with that kind of lead so yeah but, uh, it's not tough so, yeah so Jim you know he obviously a producer professional as he is he's there he says Arkansas and Ole Miss had the most fans by far so talk about yeah. how, how electric was that atmosphere yeah that was crazy uh it was like a bomb walker but like half of it was like Arkansas half or Something like that half was all missed, and it was like a two times ball marker. It was awesome. It was cool. Uh, I mean, they have a super passionate fan base, uh, as do we, and we hadn't made it in a while, so ours may have been a little a little more passionate. Uh, so it was just a cool atmosphere and just a part of no doubt. So you guys, you move on, you face in Oklahoma. And before we talk about your start, talk to me about the performance that you saw, obviously, from your teammates in Delusia uh, to close out Arkansas and then obviously Jack Doherty in game one against Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, man, that pitching performance from Delusia. Well, and really 
Connor, Connor Nolan on the other side, that was that was incredible too. I think he what he go eight or maybe even eight and a third or something. Uh, yeah, he was really so good. So it was that was like a two and a half hour game in Omaha, which was unheard of. So that was really cool and just watching Delusha do his thing that he had kind of we all kind of gotten used to him doing was was really cool. And then uh, Jack had kind of started a little bit earlier in the season and like a lot of us. Uh, had a rough, uh, rough patch in the middle. Uh, and you just, we, like I said, we just had confidence. Everybody had confidence in the team. Everybody had confidence in whoever was going to go out there. Um, so it, it really didn't surprise us or shock us as much as it probably did others that he went out there and I think he was perfect through five or something like that. Uh, it, it was just, it was really cool to see and gave you a lot of confidence going into my game. No, absolutely. So we got to talk about a day that you got to like, man. June 26th, that's your start against Oklahoma. And a story was written in the Clarion Ledger uh, about this date. The same day that you're facing Oklahoma to win a national championship was the 11-year anniversary when you threw a no-no and won a state title. I think it was 9U. So what is it about June 26th that you just like to win titles, man? Yeah. Well, I like to win titles on any day, whatever day it comes <laughs> I'm good with winning titles then. Uh but I, I, I guess that's that's a, a special day. Maybe the College World Series championship will be on June 26 next year. That would be cool. No, <laughs> oh, absolutely. So uh, I'm gonna get just let's get right to it at the Oklahoma. So there was a sacrifice bunt. We're all watching. Yeah. It was crazy play. It appeared to bring in a run. Interference is called. Getting the batter out. One pitch later, you get the third out. Get out of the jam. Talk to me as a pitcher or just even being there. How wild was that sequence? Well, yeah, it's roller coaster of emotions really you were like you're like okay feel the spawn I think even if I got him out at first the run still would have scored I think it was kind of like a sack squeeze or something like that uh and of course I I throw it and hit him and I'm like wow man I really messed this one up uh I think then it's like second and third or supposed to be second and third they're up one to nothing we're kind of in the middle of a pitcher's duel and I was I was really in some trouble uh so I was like, all right, I got to lock this back in and ch try and get us in the dugout with just one. And then I see Coach B coming out of the dugout, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes a little bit of sense. Uh, I'm like, I, he's kind of close. I don't really know the rules or whatever of, of how close he can be. Uh, so he challenges it. Uh, we get it overturned, and then I'm like, all right, man, I really have got to lock this down here and get us back in there 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, so that, it was just crazy roller coaster of emotions, but it was it was very fortunate that – I guess I was fortunate that I threw it and hit him. Maybe I would say <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so uh, just to dive a little bit deeper into that, what is it? So does coach B, is he talking to you while they're challenging the replay? What's he saying to you if he is? No, he's not talking to me. He just, he goes out and tells them that he wants to review it or whatever and just goes and sits back in the dugout. And I'm just uh, me. And I think just all the infielders are standing there watching it on the big screen. We're like, yeah, maybe I don't, we, we don't really know the rules. So we're like, maybe it is interference. Maybe not. Randy, you uh, remember so. we're trying to message each other, trying to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> what are they going to call here? It was wild. Yeah. Cause I mean, we were obviously rooting for you, but I'll be honest with you. I watch a lot of baseball as do the, all of us. Right. I, I didn't know. I'm right. like, man, that's looks like a judgment call. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was. I was like, man, this could really go either way. So I was just kind of staying level-headed, uh, expecting the worst really. Yeah, I was going to ask you kind of what your mindset is. He talked about it, right? You got to lock back in and get it. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, if after that challenge and you get the call that you want, if you don't lock back, it kind of – does that give you momentum? I mean, not that you're looking to get a call to make it go your way, but now you know, like, right. all right, I can't mess this up. Right, yeah. Well, it's 
and just like in a lot of sports, just taking advantage of a break or momentum. Just uh, I had to I had to go out there and get that that out right there. I mean, if I allow doubling the gap, it just kind of uh, screws up, and we didn't really get a break. No, absolutely. So you get through six innings unscathed, going toe to toe with Cade Horton, who a lot was talked about. So I, I, first of all, I just want to know. I mean, how good how good is this guy? Yeah, Cade Horton. Uh, actually, I think I, I played with him at some little showcase uh, in high school, and I was like, man, this dude's solid. Uh, so he, I don't know if y'all knew, he was committed to Ole Miss. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay, my, instead my internet was unstable. Uh, so he was committed to Ole Miss, and then I think he wanted to, he's from Oklahoma, he wanted to play football at Oklahoma or something, so he uh, decommitted and went to Oklahoma, which is fine. Uh, but, I mean, he got drafted, what, top five? So that, or top ten, that shows how good the guy really was. I mean, his stuff, he really came on uh, at the last month of the season was really huge part of why Oklahoma was there. And he was just dominant, man. I think it was like 95, 97, 88 mile an hour slider. That was just disgusting. He was, he was really good. Randy, who dropped the ball at ESPN? Cause I listened to every game. <laughs> Nobody ever mentioned that he was originally committed to Ole Miss. Nah, I don't know, man. So moving, you give up a couple runs, but Jacob Gonzalez, and, and I'll be honest with you, man, obviously a lot was said, including, and you know how fans can be by, by even Ole Miss fans about how Gonzalez's struggles, but he comes through in the clutch in the end. And y'all yeah. become the kings of Omaha, man. So, first of all, I just want to talk about – you talked about the dips that you guys had and how you guys wrote it out with that veteran leadership. But to see a guy like Gonzalez that we all know how good he is, if you know anything about baseball, yeah. the guy's a stud, going through some struggles. But to see him personally get that moment, how much did that mean to you guys as a team? Well, yeah. I mean, he did so much for us throughout the year. I think he had close to 20 bumps or something like that. So, uh I mean, he did so much for us throughout the year, and baseball is a game where you're going to struggle no matter what you do. So uh, we none of us were worried about it, I'm sure. Yeah, like you said, the fans were talking about it, and the fans were like, what's wrong with them, stuff like that. Uh, but, I mean, just like I said, every time he went up to the plate, and no matter if he was struggling or if he wasn't, uh, we, we had confidence in him. And when he hit the home run, nobody was surprised. We were like, let's go. This is our time. Uh, but, yeah, it's super awesome. He's the nicest guy in the world. I don't know if any of you have ever talked to him or anything, but nicest guy in the world. So it's cool to, to for him to have moments like that. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, we titled this episode, Just Wait, because your dad was told that Ole Miss has never won a title, and he said, Hunter isn't there yet, just wait. Well, Hunter, you did arrive, and your teammates did arrive, and obviously you guys came out on top. So congrats to not only you, but obviously to Ole Miss. Coach B, I mean, that's such a huge thing for him. Uh, people were questioning whether the guy could coach, and those people are idiots, but that's neither here yeah, nor there. Right, so you're, right. king, you're kings of college, obviously, and then to win, obviously your bitter rivals win it the year before, so to come back and get it. The state of Mississippi, and you've mentioned it before, uh, how deep it is in talent, but, I mean, y'all are yeah. on the top of the college baseball world, man. Yeah, right. Uh, I think actually that the just wait little thing was with – so it's with a former player uh, – from Mississippi State that's in minor league ball right now. And he, just like we do every time, every time we talk to him, it's back and forth about Ole Miss, Mississippi State, every time. And every time he brings up the, oh, man, are y'all ever going to beat us in the series? And, oh, we've been to Omaha this many times, this or that, whatever. And so we were just like, just wait, just wait. Ole Miss is going to do it. Uh, I'm about to be there, so we're, we're, I'm going to have a little say-so in it. Uh, 
Oh yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, the state of Mississippi, man. Uh, better watch out, Southern Miss. You never know; they're they're a solid team too. Uh, brought that so up we'll here, see. man. No, I hate, to, I hate yeah. to tell you, Hunter, and I hate you know for the audience to listen. They get mad. Me and Randy, Randy saying Tennessee, I'm saying LSU. It ain't Southern Miss, brother. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I don't. I'm not saying Tennessee or LSU either. I think, I he's think saying Ole Miss. Well, of course yeah, he's not going to say it. Who's don't Dan, let Daniel, the Reds get hot about? again, Daniel. You're on yeah. the spot right now. Who you calling? You're the yeah, champ. You're you're the champs until somebody beats you, man. So. Thank you, thank you very much. You're a wise guy, yeah, wise guy. Yeah. I think I think the Rebs are going back to back. Uh, you know what? They very well could. You know what? None of us on the show will be mad about that, Hunter. No. But look, man, yeah. you you guys, I just got a question for you. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe you don't. Delucia was on here and he was pretty upset, man. He did not have his mop award. Does anybody know if he ever got it? <laughs> yeah, his mop award. Did the most outstanding player award. He, he on the show. He said NCAA. Uh, mail me my award. Yeah, no, I have no clue if he got it. Man, you're going to have to check in on that and let <laughs> so us know, Hunter, man. Yeah, I might have to. That, I, I would probably be a little livid on that, too. Yeah, he wasn't happy. But look, man, so I'm going to get back into you for a second. <laughs> you got a, you got a short break, man. Right after you guys are obviously crowned the champs, you, Gonzo, and Coach B, y'all all had to play for Team USA. And uh, so did you get some extra time with Coach B since you're playing on Team USA to just kind of reflect on it all and what not only you had done, but he had done, what the team had done? Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, he was obviously super busy with, with everything he had to do managing. And from Kerry, he had to pick a whole team to, to go over there. Uh, I think out of like 40 or something, he had to pick 26 to, to go over to the Netherlands. So he was busy. It wasn't much just sitting around chit chatting, but I mean, yeah, I think we, the day we had the parade, we all loaded up and, uh, went on the plane and went to Kerry. So we had, yeah, we didn't have much time to, to sit in Oxford and reflect on what we'd done. We had something else to do. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't have traded either of those experiences for anything in the world. Yeah, so no doubt. So, obviously, Team USA, you get to represent the red, white, and the blue in, in the Netherlands. Talk to me, first of all, yeah. how, how nice is it over there? Yeah, it was beautiful, man. Uh, I'd actually never been out of the country. I'd been on, like, a cruise, I guess, Mexico. Uh, out is of the it country, really out but, of the country? But, I don't know. Yeah, kind of. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, so I'd never really been out of the country. So it was really cool. It was a, a little bit of a culture shock, a little a little different, but uh, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't enjoy having to ask for uh, ice in my water as much, but <laughs> I enjoyed the scenery and just beautiful weather and just different baseball. It was cool. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you guys, you come up a little bit short. Uh, you know, you don't win the gold, but you take the bronze. But the most, how was the experience getting to play with the best baseball players? You talked about how cool it was, but getting to play with some of the best around the country and getting to represent your country, especially after just winning the title. I mean, have you had a chance since then to reflect on everything you've experienced over the past four or five months? I not necessarily. I, I don't guess. I, I guess I don't really do a ton of reflecting. More of like looking ahead type guy trying to, trying to see what the Rebs are going to do, like I said, to win another national championship. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously it's super blessed to have that opportunity uh, to, to represent USA. That's been one of my goals forever. Uh, always growing up the, through 13, 14, 15, trying to represent the 18U team, I'd always wanted to represent uh, USA and wear that across my chest. So it was, it was a real big honor to, to do that and to play against some of the best uh, competition across the, uh, the world. 
So, Daniel, before you play this or that, I got a question for Hunter because you guys know that unanimously we've had one answer to this question, and I'm curious if it still sticks because this is a new Team USA team. Hunter, on the spot, every every guy's answered this, even teammates of yours, because you asked about Gonzalez. Gonzalez has actually been on here before, and he answered this question. Um, who was the best player you played with on Team USA? Man, that one's tricky. There was – I think maybe some of the best players didn't have the best weeks. Uh, I know who you're thinking, which obviously that's kind of an obvious, but it was the unanimous answer. Are, are you, Everybody has said it across the board. Are you are you going for like who had the best week there? Who I thought was the best, or just best player potential wise that I thought there? Potential wise. Yeah, I mean it's it's obvious. It's him, Dylan Cruz for sure. I just wanted to hear it because the LSU guy and everybody said it. Yeah. (laughs) No, who had the best week though? Tell me who had the best week. Well, we didn't, we didn't do a ton hitting wise over there. Uh, Yohandi Morales from Miami had a solid week. I think he had a couple jacks. Kyle Teal, catcher from Virginia. Man, he's gritty. Uh, He was a lot of fun to throw to and just a lot of fun to be on the team with. He was, he was really good. Very energetic, really, really passionate about the game. Uh, and he just – he grounded out at bats and stuff like that. He was a really solid player. Uh, Jacob Wilson from Grand Canyon, really good. Uh, probably not talked about as much as he should be. He's really solid. Uh, but, man, over there, it was just – everybody there was incredible. The I guys on Maui the not, I didn't hear Maui mention one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, Hunter – was the one getting a fight over there, man? Well, that was had to be some fireworks, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, my man Maui was solid. He he was a solid, uh, solid shortstop, so, solid hitter. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to hard to say all the names over there. I mean, the the dudes that were on the bench at sometimes were all Americans. So Hunter, man, before before we play this game, you got to tell me you reached the the top of the mountain, and it it would be easy to say you're going to do it again. But the reality is, is you're going to have to get better. The team's going to have to get better. So I'll ask you really the same question, but, you know, two different pieces that I'm looking for. What do you got to do for Ole Miss to win it all again? And what does the team have to do to win it all again? Uh, yeah, I've got to improve. I've got to, I think one of my biggest things is trying to go deeper into games to, to conserve bullpens a little bit. Uh, so I've got to improve on that improve on, I mean, man, there's so much stuff I want to improve on. Uh, want to improve on my command, want to improve on my velocity, things like that. Uh, just, just being a better all around pitcher. And one of my biggest things I'm trying to improve on right now is just having a, a better slider, a wipeout slider that I can put guys away with. Uh, and as a team, man, we're just going to have to to not be complacent, really not to – I mean, we're going to have some award ceremonies, things like that. Uh, I mean, it's real getting caught up in in last year and, and just going through the motions uh, the next year after winning a championship. But just I think we got to have that one goal, and it's to win another national championship and only only be – uh, have our eyes set on that is, is going to be the biggest thing for us. And, Daniel, I think it's a fair question because, you know, the Mississippi State guys came on here after winning their title and said they were going to do it again, and then they didn't even reach, you know, postseason play. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real it's, thing. It's very hard. Like it, it, People, I think, underestimate how difficult it is to actually 
make a regional, make a super regional, make a run and get into Omaha, much less yeah. put together, you know, a good solid, you know, performance in Omaha and give your chance, give yourself a chance to, to win it all. Um, but to do all of that over again, like that, yeah. it's, it's extremely difficult, but the good news is, man, is you're, you're in a place where that is the expectation. So, um, right. Right. You know, well, and it, it's it's been done before, so yeah. so I don't see why not. Absolutely. Well, Hunter, man, you you've played the game, you've done this or that, but this is version 2.0 for you. So you down right. to play Let's again? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So just a reminder, I'm going to give you two options. You got to pick one or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. Just be decisive and pick whatever right. comes to your mind first. Okay. All right. Let's do it. What's more more iconic? The Tim Elko stash or the Hunter Air, Heli, Elliott hair flow? Oh, the Hunter Elliott hair flow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta, Come on. You got to bet on. on yourself, right? I agree. Yeah. No one Are else is going to bet on you. You got to bet on yourself. That's right. Are you an action movie or a comedy guy? Oh, God. Um... I'll go with action. I, I'm, recently, I've been I've been watching a lot of action, but man, I love some comedy. What's your What's your favorite movie of all time? It doesn't have to be action or comedy. What's your favorite movie? Uh, I'll go with. Let's go with. I may be kind of kind of weird, but Blind Side. I just I love the story, and it's kind of it's got to do with Ole Miss. So let's go with the Blind Side. All right. All right. Roller coasters or water slides? Roller coasters, for sure. The thrill of it. Would you rather lose sleep or miss a meal? Miss a meal. I'm, I'm a huge sleeper. How many, how many hours do you think, if, if you were uninterrupted and you were tired, not overly tired, but if you just slept, how long do you think you could just sleep uninterrupted? With with nothing to do the next day, nothing in your head. Yeah, oh, yeah. Eleven, twelve hours. Dang. I'm yeah. jealous, man. I I can't go past like seven. Yeah. What's your number, DB? Yeah, I, think, I, I I think I could hit fifteen solid. I think I could sleep. <laughs> I think I if if I had the opportunity to sleep and there was nothing preventing me, you know, from sleeping or you know, be or having to wake up the next day. I think I could go a solid 15. I'm going to tell you right now, all y'all, yeah. I can, I can probably go five tops. tops. See, I feel you. And I'm just a little bit longer. I, I don't know how Daniel can sleep 15 hours. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I think it's because I get limited sleep during the week. So like if I had the opportunity to sleep, I'd take advantage of it for sure. Hunter, would you rather go yeah. to the, yeah, same here. Yeah. Would you rather go to the lake or the beach? I would rather go to the lake. I, I don't like being sandy all the time and having to always clean off and just, it seems like you never get the sand off of you. And I'm just, yeah. I'm not really a big beach guy, which may be a little weird. It's an event to go to the beach. Wait till but you have, wait till you have kids. You'll really hit yeah. it then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Them little monsters tracking sand everywhere and then putting it in your bed. Man, it's just it's <laughs> bad, bad all, all the way around. Yeah. I hear you. I understand. What, 
What are you looking forward to most this year, playing at Vandy or playing at Mississippi State? Mississippi State, 100%. I've heard the atmosphere is electric. Uh, Want to go th- go in there and sweep them boys. What would you rather attend, a concert or a sporting event? Sporting event. I'm not really, really huge on music. I- I'm kind of weird. I mean, don't like the beach, not a huge music guy, but I'm all right with being weird. So if so if you get in your car, you're it's just silence. You're not <laughs> yeah, listening actually, to anything. Yeah, actually, I, had, I think I had a conversation with somebody the other day. It's like I, I mean, I don't know. I don't listen to anything. I just, I, I guess I sit there and think, or maybe I just look around, don't think about anything. You know, the windows uh, are down and his hair is flowing. That's one thing that's yeah. going on. Of course. Yeah, of course. no doubt, no doubt. What sporting event? Since you pick sporting events, what sporting event is on your bucket list? What's the one that you you gotta attend before you you get off this earth? Um, I would have to say World Series game. Super passionate about baseball. I've never been to a World Series game. I've been to a, a ALDS before or ALCS before actually. So and that was just electric. And there's not much better than postseason baseball. Who's playing in this World Series if you can pick the teams? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Uh, it's hard to count out the Braves. I'm going to go with Dodgers. Dodgers and – Boo. Wrong. That's fine. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the Cardinals. I mean, I like the shirt and all, but I'm not like – like a super big cards fan. Uh, we're all Cardinals uh, fans. You should have just stayed with it. No, man, I'm sorry. I just I don't think they got it. Maybe they have a magical run. You never know. Yachty and Yachty and Pools last year. We've seen run. teams go on a magical run, Hunter. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's not- I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to magical runs. Uh let's go. Oh, it would be class it would be classic. Dodgers, Yankees. That's who I'm gonna go. I think the Yanks are about to get hot. Wow. Very, and, and crea- I, I very creative answer, huh? <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's fairly creative. When's the last time the Dodgers and Yankees have met in the World Series? I mean, he ain't wrong. No. Well, they would have if the Astros didn't cheat. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna ever say the Astros. <laughs> All right, you redeem you 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 partially redeemed yourself with that answer. I like it. Okay. Good. All right. Good. L- last question, man. Before we let you bounce. Would you rather have massive success by accident or modest success on purpose? I'm going to go with massive success by accident. I want to have as much success as possible. I mean, if it's by accident or not, who cares, right? Nobody else knows it's by accident. Thank you. You're the smartest person we've had on the show so far. My, who wants modest success? That every every sense. everybody every, who's came on before you. <laughs> let me let me tell you how I break it down too. And they say, "Oh, I'd rather earn it" or something like that. So I say, "Okay, if I was to give you a hundred million dollars, give it to you scot free, or you could earn twenty million. And then everybody's like, "Well, I want to earn my twenty million. And I'm like, "Okay, well now I got eighty more million dollars than you because you had pride." No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> give my, me the stacks, cuz. Right, you know? my pride's not gonna get in the way. I'm. I mean, I I just want to be successful, right? I mean, I cool for working for modest success but i don't want to be a modest successful person i love it nope now that uh, you got a championship under your belt you, you can't it, it ain't modest success anymore it, it's all nah, about the massive success no doubt it was it wasn't about the modest success before yeah absolutely well hunter man anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here 
No, no, I think I'm all good. No promotions. Well, I got I got you back because if you want to follow Hunter, you want to see what he's got going on in his day-to-day life, go on over to Instagram, type in Elliot Hunter 1010, and you'll get a full day of him. You'll get to see him on the baseball field, out in public doing his thing. But if you just want to track him and Ole Miss baseball at Ole Miss BSB, you'll see everything Ole Miss baseball, and you might even see, maybe, just maybe, another national championship run. Hunter, my man, please come back in the spring. Let's talk. Let's recap, and then hopefully we can get you guys back to Omaha again, and you know who knows what happens when you get there. That's right. That's right. It's a magical place. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I appreciate the shout-outs and, and everything like that, uh, so let's do it. Absolutely. That is Hunter Elliott, everybody. We are going to take a break. We're going to plug some sponsors. When we come back, we got a lot of baseball, college football, NFL to break down and recap. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Q is your guy. Quintavious Burdett, who was once a guest of In Off the Bench and Ole Miss alumni, who is with REMAX, is the guy who will help you get your home he is the guy who just helped me get my home. I just closed on my house a few weeks ago in the South Haven area, and Quintavious is the one who set the whole thing up. He is the man. He is one of the top, if not the top, realtor in the Mid-South area. You can get a hold of him at 662-292-7136 for all your real estate needs. Have you struggled with weight loss, pain management? Maybe you just lack in energy? I struggled with all these things, and then I got introduced to Truvy, an official sponsor of In Off The Bench. If you download the Truvy app, T-R-U-V-Y, and use the official In Off The Bench code, Easy Money, you can save money and get hooked up today and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off The Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. I say headlines, but really, it's going to be some baseball and then college football and NFL. There's just so much to talk about. Um, we'll lead off with Major League Baseball. I'll go to you first, Jim. Obviously, Judge is at 60 homers. They got 14 games left outside of tonight, which tonight they're beating up. Um, on it's those finally guys. over. It's finally over. What was it, 14 to 2? Yep. Wow. Um, no home, no homer tonight. He had two the night before, but he's sitting at 60 Jim with 14 games. Where does he end? I'm going to go 64. Mm, and, and the thing about him having no homers, you talked about him going, uh, the previous game having two, he's got 11 multi homer games this year. So when you say he's got 14 games left, I mean, the way he's done it this year, I mean, statistically, one of those games will probably be a multi homer game. Very true. Very true. Uh, Randy, is is there at any point where they start going, all right, we've now solidified first place and we know where we're going to sit in the playoffs. Like, we don't need anybody getting hurt. We're going to pull him out. Not a chance. No, nope, they just ride with it no matter yeah. what. Yeah, and that's the beauty of baseball, right? That's the, you, you talk about being – America's game, right? It's no clock. You don't really worry about that. And also, there's just a gentleman's agreement. You see things like they're not not going to pitch to him just so he doesn't break the record. It's and you saw it with you know Molina and Wainwright last week when 
you know, they take the first pitch so they can get that, right? I mean, you see a little bit more of just a an understanding between players on what moments mean, and that's why, to me, baseball is always going to have that just pure feel to it. Yeah, they, they know what's at stake, so they do a really good job. Like you said, it's like a gentleman's – it's a, always been a gentleman's game, so to speak, and these – unspoken rules and, and, and agreements are, are really what the foundation of the sport uh, is based on. Let me, but, uh, I mean, let me ask you a question, Daniel. It wasn't very gentleman. Like, uh, did you happen to see the video of the Yankees fans going for his 60th home run ball? <laughs> God. I, mean, I want to ask you both a question. I'm going to start with you first, Jim, you catch that ball and they come to you and they say, Hey, can we get the ball? What's your price? If you're say you're a big Yankees fan, um, man, okay, so this could backfire me bad, but the the people who have just given up the ball have been rewarded significantly. So I may roll the dice, and you're going to tell me I'm probably stupid for that because the problem with the price thing is I would feel bad if I'm a Yankees fan even asking him for it, and then. Um, because I'm not a money guy like you, I don't even know what that price is. So, like, I think I'm just going to roll the dice and hope that they like reward me significantly. Or so, I'm going to ask you this though: If you, if, what if they say they're not going to give you any money, but they say, "Hey, we'll give you season tickets." I mean, I mean, you're, you got to say something. You're not just going to hand in the ball, right? Yeah, no. Um, like, okay, so um, Mike Evans when he gave the Tom Brady ball, right? Um, what he got season tickets, he got an autographed jersey, football, all that, like. I mean, if yeah, like I mean, if you if you're gonna give me that, um, I I would be down. But th- it depends. I mean, yeah, if I'm a diehard Yankees fan, um, count count me in for that. But I mean, as far as a price, the problem is I don't I don't know what to ask. I mean, I guess if you ask too much, then you work your way down, and you, you know you you obviously you know have a discussion. I don't know. Ask Daniel. I, I'm curious. Talk to me, DB. I I'm looking for something residual, something that's gonna pay me over a long period of time as opposed to the lump sum um so like that payment needs to be like season tickets maybe experiences maybe um ownership i mean (laughs) they they wouldn't do anything like that but like hey y'all sell a lot of dipping dots how about I get a fraction of what you make on dipping dots? I thought he was going to ask for free dipping dots along with his season tickets every game. <laughs> so what if, let's say that you're, you know, like a 13 year old kid that caught the ball. Don't you just like ask for, Hey, I want to get a suite for me and all my homies for a playoff game. I mean, would yeah. you not be like the well, coolest I'm, kid in the school? I mean, well, to your point, you need to ask for more in a playoff game. I mean, I, I need it for the I whole I want a playoffs. series. Yeah, I need I need. Least, yeah, you're right. Whole se- I want World Series or bust. But you're the money guy, so tell me, you as a grown man, if you're catching that ball, how much you ask? Because I know you're asking a price. So I would probably give up the ball if he was to give me back some signed memorabilia in return. Because I feel like if you could get a signed bat, signed glove, signed jersey – uh, with the trajectory of his career, that would be worth a lot of money too. And, and obviously it means a lot more to him than it does to me. So, um, yeah, no, I'd give it back. I would just have to get something in return. You know what I'm saying? What would they give you? Like the, the return would be far like less significant because they wouldn't give you the bat he hit it with. They wouldn't give you the gloves. They wouldn't give you the helmet. They wouldn't give you anything that was used for that actual at bat. 
because right. that stuff I think goes to the Hall of Fame. Um, right. But I don't know. Like that's it's a tricky question. I just had like, the funniest thought. Like, what if he was to do it like, and they were playing like the Cubs, and there was like the Cubs fan who followed the rules and just threw it back out <laughs> to the field. I mean, the the fan that did catch 60th, he just gave it back. Like he yeah. just gave the ball to the Yankees. So yeah, I would he, think and that he, and he gave it. it, and he gave it. And if I'm if I read it correctly, if I saw a picture, Judge gave him the ball. Did he not? No, he had that. What happened was the guy gave it to him, but his condition was I have to deliver it to Aaron Judge. Oh, I got you, got you. But did I think you, that's how did fair. how did did the guy who caught the ball like I because you can't see in that scrum. Like, I want to know if it was that guy who actually had the ball first, who actually kept it, or did somebody win in that little rugby scrum and come out, a different person came out with it? No, he he was the one that – he was the first one to get it. And it says in exchange for the ball, Kessler received other signed baseballs from Judge, a signed bat from the Yankee slugger, slugger. In addition, Judge also took a solo photo with Kessler along with a group photo of him with his friends. Not enough. I want tickets for the rest of the season and next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he, he, he left a lot on the table. The good news is, guys, we're not going to be anywhere catching nobody's uh, 60 I mean, home run or says the ball. Okay, so SCP Auctions values the ball between $100,000 and $150,000. Bro, you ain't – no, I take back what I said. 50 grand? I, you, 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 I'm walking out. I ain't no. You giving me a hundred G's, or you giving me a sweet for life? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna give his... me the value of that in something. So That's Randy, right. so Randy, in other words, is holding the ball. They ask him the question. He says, "Give me a second and then he googles. Yeah, I Google it and, and find this answer. And then he's like, "All right, I got my price." Yeah. So the sixty-first ball they estimated to be between two and two fifty, while sixty-seven is between between five hundred thousand and one million dollars in a ball. Uh, that's crazy. I think I think what what you also have to look into is you need to go, okay, Aaron, <laughs> what what's your next contract gonna be worth, buddy? So speaking of that contract, you remember how the Yankees didn't resign? They offered him to be. It was not a. Not, I'm not saying they stiffed him. They offered him two hundred thirteen million, and the, you know they didn't come to an agreement. Judge said, you know, no big deal. We'll do it in the off season. The Yankees they messed up because oh, now yeah. you about to pay that dude. 500 million so let's let me ask you this question because they talked about it you know you assume he loves being with the Yankees everybody would think that he was on the Yankees but is there potential that if the offer comes bigger from another team that he would consider going somewhere else absolutely absolutely and we'll see him wearing Dodger blue because he's, <laughs> he's from California oh but, they would I mean could ooh. you imagine how they would have to live with that mistake I don't know man like there's something to be said. Do you think Aaron Judge, if he's a Yankee for life, does he ever, does he ever live up and be comparable to Derek Jeter? I think that's the lowest barometer of a Yankee, like, like lowest. Well, what no, I'm saying what is like, the greats. of the greats, like you're gonna compare and start with him. He's the most like recent, relevant, like Yankee. No, I don't think he'll ever – no, and only because of what Jeter meant to the city and the organization. And you got to think, not only did he win, what, five five titles? Yeah. He also was part of that in that 2001 with the 9-11 and the iconic the, the American flag and, and just the way he represented it. I don't think Aaron Judge is as out front 
with being the poster of the Yankees like Derek Jeter. So, personally, no. Is he a better player right now? He's a better player right now than Derek Jeter ever was. Yeah. Um, Do you think if if Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees, let's say they offer him 400 mil and somebody offers him 450, do you think – are they burning jerseys in the streets for that dude? Oh, yeah. That's that's for sure. <laughs> you know who they're not burning jerseys of? Albert Pujols. 698. He's got two more to get to get to 700. Um, what do they got? 14 games back? 14 games left? Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Does Randy, does he get there? Yep. I'm not, I'm not wavering on where no I was. Waver. I'm saying he's going to get it, and he's going to end up with 701. All right. Jim, is he getting it? I hate, I hate to you know, sound like an echo, but I'm going to go with Randy in 701. I think he gets there, but I don't, I don't think he's going to get 700 in, in the regular season. I so think it's going to be the first postseason game, huh? Big moment. No, because if he like he, he would have to hit two. Well, you don't think he's gonna hit any more in the regular season? No, I don't. Oh, I don't believe it. you know what? He's hitting two tonight. <laughs> Seven hundred on deck, son. On deck. I hope he does. Like I, I I'm just I think with, with 14 games, let's say if that's the, the number, um, which more than likely it is 14, 15, 13, something like that. It's, oh, he's in the lineup. He's starting. It's all yeah, good. I was looking. He's only had one at bat tonight so far. So he's 0 for 1. He's got to have at least, what do you think, two more, Jim? I got it. it yeah. At least two more. I think he I'm, gets I'm, I'm at least saying he gets one tonight just because you, you're calling it. I, I undoubtedly feel like he's getting one tonight, especially because Daniel made that that audacious claim. I think he audacious. gets I think he gets 699. And then the first series in the playoffs, he hits 700. That would almost be cooler. Yeah, I think so too. What if he hits a game-winning home run in the playoffs in Bush Stadium? I mean, just how crazy, man. So, hey, uh, Mr. Money Man, what's the value of a 700 home run ball? Not 699, but 700. Several million dollars. I did look that up the other day. Several million dollars. And he – it was – what was it, 690 – was it 698 or 696? Whatever it was yeah, that he yeah. he let him he's like no 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 it means more and then than he signed me. two more balls on top of that game. I'm like look at this guy. You talk about a guy that's made the bag. He's like I don't need that ball. Let me ask you guys this: Do you think Judge could ever hit over seventy home runs? No, I don't think so because it's just so freaking hard to hit home runs in Major League Baseball anymore. The dead ball, the pitchers, the analytics. I, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it, it, when you look at it, it's like, oh, like he's he's at 60. It's like, oh, it's only 10 more, but, like, that's a hard 10. But here's the thing. He's that's 20 hard. more than the person who's next to him in all of baseball. So it just yeah. really says what he's doing. Yeah. yeah it's there. crazy. And then a lot of people are going to say this because of the park he plays in, and I think that's hogwash because there's been a lot of great hitters that play in small ballparks that don't hit like Aaron Judge. They Look, said if, that about Tennessee, if, too, right, Randy? And then they just go in everybody else's ballpark and put them out? Nah, I mean, Hunter, Hunter Elliott said it earlier. If it's 305 down the line, it don't matter because the dude's hitting it 405. <laughs> Very true. So it would be out regardless. Um, let's uh, let's take a minute. Let's look at some standings. Uh, we'll, we'll start down in the National League. The Braves 
one game back. They did clinch a playoff spot. Jim, how are the Braves looking? Are they going to catch the Mets? Um, or is that kind of irrelevant at this point? No, it's not irrelevant at all. Um, well, I would say is, uh, you know, first of all, I told you guys I was hoping maybe the Cardinals could compete for the two. Um, it's clearly going to be the winner of the the Mets and the Braves. So that winning that division does matter. You get that two spot. It's very significant. Um, but I'm not going to waver, man. I picked the Braves to eventually pass the Mets. Um, we still got 13 games to do it. Uh, one game back. Let's let's go. I'm, I'm saying the Braves get that two spot. Randy, Braves get the two spot or they no. No, no I was thinking I, I said the Mets were gonna get it. I'm sticking there. I think that the um the Braves are fine going on the road. I mean, last year they didn't they didn't get to win all their games at home. They're gonna have to go on the road. I don't think it's gonna bother that team. You're the champs until you're not the champs. If if That's I'm right. not mistaken, you know, we looked it up. I'm I'm looking real quick right now. I think they play the second to last series of the year um yes they do um so uh the braves have the mets at home the second to last series of the year so that'll probably be what decides it all and then you know what's crazy about baseball though is like let's just say that they go up a game and then they go to miami a team that they should just walk through and then they lose two out of three and they <laughs> right. don't win it that's baseball right That'd be what the Cardinals would do, bro, not the Braves. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at – I think I saw a stat on this. If you look at the Braves' record against sub-500 teams, it's really similar to the Cardinals. So, I think both of them have that. But the Mets, really, if you look at it, baseball is just a lot of parity because these bad teams – like you saw the Nationals, what was it, two or three weeks ago? They, like, swept the Mets or beat two out of three, and they beat the Braves. I mean, but they're terrible. 52 yeah. wins. Hey, and you brought up – you were talking about the the home and away. Uh, if you look at the Mets and the Braves, it's almost the exact same home. So, both of them definitely want to play at home. Um, that's a significant thing. No, true. But if you look at both of them, their away records are both really similar too and both really good. Most of the time in Major League Baseball, you're going to see a team be about 500 away unless you're really good, like the Astros or – I mean, look at the Yankees. They're fi about 500. Blue Jays, that's an anomaly. Everybody else in that, in that division is under 500. Look at the look at the Chicago White Sox. They Ooh. suck at home. They they're yeah. sucking period. The Guardians are gonna win that division running away. No, absolutely. But I, you know what I'm saying? It's like you see mostly five hundred records when you look up and down. So for the Bra Braves and the Mets to be ten plus games over five hundred away speaks highly of both of them. Daniel, you know what the worst thing that could happen to baseball is we just thought about it when it went when it came out of my mouth. What if the Guardians were the Cinderella story and you had to actually say the Guardians as much as we hate to even say it? We don't Still even right. want to call them that. We're the World Series champs. Imagine if you had to say that. Uh, it'd be tough. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland rocks. I mean, yeah. he's a major major league is one of his favorite movies, so it'd kill him. Yeah, it it would be it would be very tough. I, I don't think I'd be able to watch any of their games and look watch. at the I know we hate to talk about this, but look at the Houston Astros. I mean, they're one game away from having a hundred dubs. I mean, it's, cra it's just—it's crazy. Are they kind of flying under the radar? Yes, they and, are. And it's, it's so crazy. Like, it, all of us probably—all of us picked them to win the division and be. And every year we do it, we talk about they're one of the teams to beat just because of who they are as much as we hate saying that and every year we don't really talk much about them and they kind of 
fly under the radar, and then we get the postseason, and boom, they start just well, that. That's why I folks. disagree with what I heard on ESPN today. They said, "Are we not talking about Aaron Judge enough?" And uh, and they were saying they weren't, and that's why I disagree because the focus of Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols has got things like the Houston Astros going under the radar. Very true. I mean, it's it's a historic season. They need they need their their credit um, as well. Um, you know, not not much has changed since we looked at standings. We got a couple teams that are now uh, solidly in the playoffs. Where they land uh, will be determined over the next couple of weeks. But um, you know, it'll it'll be fun. And I think you know, fall can't get here soon enough. Um, but that run guys, differential on the Dodgers. Oh my yeah, it's, god. These guys That's ridiculous. I mean, 103 win, best team in baseball. I mean, it's it's not even close. So but I guys, we can't whoa, 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 whoa. We can't go past this baseball. You try to skip out and not talk about Tampa Bay Rays now. We got to talk about it, man. All right, y'all had a prime opportunity. We did. I mean, y'all go up against the Yankees, chance to close gap a little bit, man. You know what I mean, what happened? Talk to me. So it's it's one of those things, man. Just, just like, you know, all the other teams that we've been talking about, you lose to the Orioles. You lose to the Tigers. You lose to teams that you shouldn't lose to. Um, you know, it's great to be able to beat the Blue Jays. It's great to be able to beat the Yankees. But then you turn around and give everything that you earned back by losing to teams like the Red Sox. Like, well, you know, it, it, it's... It's a conundrum, but like I think you said it best, Randy. That's baseball, man. Like, but as long as you don't fully implode and blow that four and a half game lead on the Orioles, Tampa's going to be in, and you're going to have a fighting chance. Yeah, I mean, if if there's a team that can be successful in the playoffs with barely getting in, it can be the Rays. Absolutely. Um, I just think that they need they need to finish strong. I don't think barely squeaking in is gonna gonna give a lot of momentum and a lot of like it, it's not gonna it's not gonna be a good a good thing for them to barely get in. They need to stay where they're at. They need to gain some more ground and just keep playing better baseball. Um, you know, they've lost three in a row, which at this point in the season you can't you can't lose multiple games in a row, and you definitely can't be four of six in your last ten. So. Um, Got some work to do. Confident that they can make it in, um, but I just hope they're not squeaking in by the, the skin of their teeth. But y'all good with baseball, man? Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to college football. And Randy, this was a good weekend. It, this is this past weekend was a good weekend for Tennessee. Um, this weekend com- coming up is going to be a good weekend for Tennessee. But re- recap last week's game and, and and what were your thoughts as far as the volunteers, how they looked, and, and you know, the momentum they have going into a big game this week? Yeah, so I think that they were – there's something – what you want to see going into a game against a team like Akron is just execution, right? And there were some things that I saw, obviously, watched the whole game that you got to clean up, right? They had 11 penalties – you can't have that. The game was really chippy. Uh, the Tennessee staff and the players thought that Akron was kind of going at their their knee, hitting them low. Um, but as far as a, a comp- from a competitive standpoint, 
um, they dominated the game as they should. You know, you're going into the half up 35 nothing. And what I really took out of the game was that the defense played a lot better. And now it's Akron, but they still have been struggling. And what you want to see is just some different things on defense. Um, Banks has really been calling up some different schemes. And I really think he's been revving up those things to get ready for Florida. They roll up, I think it was 676 yards of offense. Uh, and they really had called off the dogs, right? They put in uh, Milton, the backup, and then there was a late hit on a dirty play against Cedric Tillman. And I'm not going to lie, it's the first time I've seen this at Tennessee, and I like it, a little bit of fire. Josh Heupel called two down-the-field bombs to go ahead and hey say, hey, look, you're going to hit our guys low? We're going to put a couple more tutties on you. And it was 63-6 to six to cover the 47-and-a-half-point line, which I thought was insane. Uh, but everything looked good. You lose Tillman, though. You lose Jabari Small. Now they don't know if Tillman's going to play this weekend. But you're going into, and I don't want to sound hyperbolic here, but it's a must-win game. You've lost 16 out of 17 to the Florida Gators, and you're better than them. We, they're not good. If you're listening, you're a Gator fan. Brandon Wiley, <laughs> your team ain't good. You barely beat South Florida. <coughs> we, we put a, a crown on that quarterback yeah. in week one. And he ain't been the same dude since. Not even close. Look, DB, and, and I know y'all probably seen me say this, and, and Jim too. The dude has more touchdown passes to the other team than he has his own. He has zero touchdown passes this year through three games. Zero. Mm. And what's really what really got us in the Utah game, he was they were blitzing him, and he was able to get out in space and beat a guy one on one because he is athletic. What's happened since then against Kentucky and against South Florida, they're not letting him run. He had seven rushes for 24 yards against South Florida. He wasn't able – they got one first down in the Kentucky in the second half of the Kentucky game. So I think what Tennessee is going to do is probably sit back in a zone. You can't really blitz him a lot because you get out of your – you know, get out of the, your, your lane and you lose track of him. So you sit back in a zone, make him beat you with his arm because – and I don't mean this as a slight towards the kid. He cannot beat you vertically. He's not going to do it. So, Randy – win by four touchdowns. I feel like I saw the spread and it was like 14 and a half on that game this weekend. Did it go? I saw 10 and a half. I don't I haven't seen no, it. It might have. It might. No, it might I, have think, I think I think Daniel's right. I feel like it was a two touchdown spot. So with, you know, everything you've said about the history of Tennessee, Florida, um, knowing what we know, is that spread achievable for Tennessee to cover? Randy, you're yeah. correct. It's 10 and a half. Yeah, I thought it was 10 and a half because it opened at 11 and it got bet down to 10. It was 10 and a half. But yes, DB, it absolutely is. And if they don't win about two touchdowns, I think it's a disappointment because they're, they're so much better than that team. I mean, we've all been watching the Florida Gators. And I don't understand why. And I know we're all – nobody's patient. Nobody wants to give – but Billy Napier kind of inherited a little bit of a mess, right? And you don't rebuild that overnight. Last year when Hypo was – you know, they went 7-5 and five and that was considered a, a success. I don't know why Florida thinks they're better than that because they're not. If you go seven and five in your first year with a new head coach trying to get his culture built, consider that a success. And let's get on to the next one. Yeah, it's uh, they, they they squeaked it out, and they I I think they were outplayed the entire they game. You DB, know? did you know that South Florida gave they rushed for three hundred yards against Florida? Jeez, Jesus. You know, you know what's even more aggravating. Memphis don't play South Florida or or UCF. Yeah, but UCF play but, Florida. But he's not gonna go. But he ain't gonna go to. It. So that's the problem. He's gotta be able to go to a game, and he can't. Yeah. 
it's all good, man. I'll just come watch. on back to the nine on one. Might have to to catch my guys, but LSU Jim, give me a recap of those guys. What what are they looking like moving forward to this weekend? Uh, well, first, uh, shout out to our uh, guest from last week, D'Angelo Sanchez. I do believe the environment, um, you know, had an effect. But guys, I don't even have to look at the box score. I've looked at it a million times. I've told Mississippi State fans exactly why they lost. Um, guys, we don't have to be math majors. Um, 16 carries for 100 yards between the two running backs, but they only had 16 carries. They threw the ball, however, 42 times. The air raid is not what you do. Um, you, you need to run the ball. You were running the ball successfully, and you decided to continue to pass the ball. However, if you look on the other side to LSU, you will see that Daniels threw the ball 37 times. They ran the ball 38 they were very balanced, and I thought that was the key. I thought LSU came with a very balanced attack. They stayed with, um, you know, the game plan early. It wasn't working, but they just continued to grind it out, and eventually the run game is what took over, um, and it took the pressure off Jaden Daniels um, to have to make all the plays. He did make some plays with his legs. Um, I will tell you guys this. Um, the it's, it's one thing to see it on TV. It's another thing to see it on person in person and hear fans literally yelling about guys streaking wide open downfield and him not seeing them. Um, so that's why I still don't feel like the most optimistic about this team um, in the future. But Mississippi State, um, I think if they would have stayed with the game plan um, and continue to run the ball, they would have been fine. But instead, they dropped back pass. The crowd got really into it. They started sacking. Will Rogers left and right. He had no time. Um, next thing you know, LSU's got the lead, and they're never looking back. And uh, I happened to be right over the top of the Mississippi State faithful and got to watch them start to exit with about four to five minutes left in the game, and it was beautiful. What is What does this do for them moving forward? Is this a, is this a good win for them, or was this a win they ex- expected to win? Normally, it's an expected win. You know, I think both of you guys would agree. You're supposed to beat Mississippi State. But I think with the amount of question marks coming into this game and with some people believing maybe Mississippi State was looking to take the next step, I think this is a this is a good win. But, I mean, they're going to have way harder tests coming up. So, um, you know, when you look at who they got, this, this is probably one of the more easier SEC games. You know, um, as Randy knows, I mean, they got Knox – or they got Tennessee coming – um, here soon. I mean, you look at Arkansas, you know, um, Florida may be the only team on there that isn't that good because as Randy was just saying, they're not that good. But outside of that, every SEC team in Auburn. But I mean, you know, you talk about Alabama, you know, it's it's, it's going to get rough. Um, I, I But I do I do have a little more optimism. Um, I'm still going to see need to see Jaden Daniels throw the ball more successfully. Um but I do like the run game, but, you know, that's typical. Uh, it, kind of, it kind of felt like the old LSU guys where um, they were able to have success running the ball, and then they played stout defense. They got to get your boy more catches. They got to get him in the mix. He should be their guy. Like, He's, he, he, that's what I'm telling you. It, it, it is one of the wildest things. It's one thing to sit there on TV and yell it. He was streaking down the field on a certain play, and the whole section I was in was yelling for him to throw it. And somehow he never looked down the field and saw him. Like uh, his his vision is is pretty special. Like I mean, he looks at uh, the first option, which you, you would think that uh, Butte is the first option. Um, 
I don't know. And, 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 and you know, he is a diva, uh, Kayshawn is. So if he don't start feeding him the ball, that guy will um, seem like the kind of guy who will peace out. Oh, I mean, that's what you can't have because he, he is a difference maker. And, and whether he's ke- getting catches or not, he's still pulling the best defenders on the opposing team to him. So I'll put it to you this way. If Tennessee beats Florida this week, just to, just to jump ahead, and they come to LSU, and you ask me how good they are, I think that Tennessee's a probably a bigger favorite over LSU than they may be Florida. Possibly. I don't know. Maybe, but it's a ro- uh, – maybe, maybe. I think it'd probably be six. Tennessee would be favored, I think. But going to Death Valley, that's, that's always tough. Ask Mississippi State. <laughs> and I guarantee you that's going to be a night game because Tennessee has a bye week next week, and then they go into LSU. So then they got LSU, Alabama – Kentucky, I think so. It's it's, it's going to be tough. That's why I, I don't know. I think LSU actually, after I've watched them play, I've watched well, I watched their first game and this last game. To me, talent wise, it's there to be second or third in the West. I'm just not a believer in Brian Kelly, and I also think that is it Butte. Yeah, I I don't I don't know that that's the kind of dude I want on my team. Like he just I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not I'm not convinced. Soups talent. Oh my God. Like he's OBJ level. But my issue is that he's like OBJ level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so before Daniel gets into Memphis, let me ask you this. Cause you said second or third in the West. Are you a believer in Arkansas? Mm-mm. You're not. I, I mean, no. I think you don't think Jefferson's legit. I do. I think their offense is unbelievable. And I think that, they, that, uh, Rock and Sanders is, is awesome. But I think I've watched that Cincinnati game in this last game, their defense especially the secondary, is atrocious. Like, they get beat on wheel routes two or three times a game. That cannot happen to you. There Was it this past weekend where they were in big-time trouble? Yeah, Missouri yeah. State, which, Missouri. by the way, is an FCS team. Right. And, and the, I think, yeah, Bobby Petrino is the coach, but I think they're putting a way too much credit on that part. And it's the Jimmy's and the Joes. Yeah, man. Like, come on now. But looking at Memphis this week, you know, the one thing that I said they had to do better was they had to run the ball better. Obviously, 187 rushing yards, three touchdowns, 39-yard run, um, the longest. But, you know, much better approach they had, you know, Ducker. They had Thomas, Ace of Martin doing his things, you know, all of those guys who needed to be contributors started to be contributors. Um, you know, Brandon Thomas still getting the bulk of the carries. Ducker right there with 10, Asa Martin with nine. Um, but, you know, Hennig- Seth Hennigan still doing his thing, 360 yards, three touchdowns. Um, you know, my, my question to you guys is Memphis, you know, when they're balanced offensively, they're pretty good. Um, Seth Hennigan isn't going to make a lot of mistakes for you, um, especially if you're able to run the ball with success. My biggest question to you guys is the defensive end. Should we be giving up 32 points to an Arkansas State team? No, absolutely not. And the fact that a lot of Memphis fans call this a rivalry, I think, diminishes what Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell – have built that should not be a rivalry. And I don't mean any disrespect. That should not be a rivalry. Your rivals should be UCF or, or maybe South Cincinnati. Those are your rivals. Arkansas State's a little bitty old school. 
over in Jonesboro that can't keep a coach for more than a year and a half, two years. <laughs> and now they got a clown show at their, their head coach. I mean, I, I think it's a good game to have on your schedule. Maybe the, the, the first game of the season every year, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Give it a theme, give it a name, give it a trophy, play for something. But the fact of the matter is, is this is a team that you should beat every year. And it's not a rivalry. If you feel like this is a rivalry, that means they are recruiting at the same level that you are. And that should just not be the case right now. Because it, for exactly the reasons that you said, like we have done so much over the past 10 years to change the reputation, the culture, and really just the tier of program that Memphis is like the, Arkansas State can no longer be the standard that we're we're setting our expectations and saying this is our rival. Uh, yeah, and and I'll say I'll say this. Um, you know, <clears throat> the one thing I'll say is if you can correct the things on defense, because you're talking about um having more success running ball, but obviously the play of Seth Hennigan, um, you know, I've listened to them talk about it on the radio. Um, for Memphis, if they can get that corrected the American doesn't have any world beaters. You know, Cincinnati isn't the Cincinnati last year. Houston is not as good as they were supposed to be. So if Memphis can get things right, I do believe that they can have a better year than you probably ever thought coming in. Yeah, I mean, I, the eight win potential is there. Nine wins is there, but you you, you got to – you got to show me more on the defensive end if, if you want me to believe in eight and nine wins. Randy, was there really 30,000 people there? I'm only going to answer this with a one word. The answer is no. So they did. I can't say the job. real number. Just know that it doesn't start with the number three. <laughs> well, that's what they, that's what they said. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, that's, I hate it because it, it, you know, I thought that that legitimately that pe that many people came out. I will say this. I, I will say this though. There was a crowd of a little bit over 20,000 and that crowd was loud. And if you can get that a 20 to 25,000 and they can be that loud, that's all you need. That's all you need because hundred percent Memphis was in trouble in this game and the crowd Honest to goodness, uh, you know, with 20,000, they helped. Arkansas State was flustered. And that's a team that played, wasn't it Ohio State that they just played? Yeah. It's not like they didn't go into an atmosphere that was loud and, and raucous. Yeah. But, know? I mean, you saw it, right? I mean, they were yeah. flustered. They well, the, all starts the, jumping the off last sides. The last drive for them was just atrocious. It was. To me, atrocious. That speaks volumes as to who the head coach is. Well, and, and it's not just because he was a Tennessee guy, but if you can't get your guys ready for that, that's a problem. Yeah, well, I'll tell you guys this. There's, there's got to at least be uh, the students going to the game because um, my wife waited a day late to jump on the, uh, the student seating for North Texas and the parking passes that they give, and uh, they're already gone. So I, I'll say they're getting the, the fan support from uh, those people. Um, She's got to be. She's got to be better because I told her I absolutely want the Temple game and the uh, Houston game. So, um, well, you tell her that those people got the tickets and didn't show up because the student section was about no, a quarter not full. not not this past year. I'm talking about this upcoming game against North Texas. We were out of town last weekend, so we weren't going to be able to go. I'm talking oh, about we true. were we were going to go to this weekend's game, but we're just going to go ahead and go to uh to like I said Tulane or not Tulane, but uh Temple and um Houston. Hey, well, Friday night. I've never been to a Friday night game ever, Randy. How electric? 
Um, I, I prefer the Thursday nights and the Friday nights over Saturdays, to be honest. Cool. So hopefully Memphis takes care of business the next two weeks, and then it and Houston got a showdown on Friday night. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All Let's right. get into what I came for. Let's hear these yeah. pickums. These pickums, man. All right. Just to recap, y'all want me to go game by game, or you want the down and dirty the, the scores? How we did scores? Is this is college the one where I got the lead? College is the one where you do have the lead. So yeah. <laughs> going going into it, you had ten points. All right. Coming out of it, you're still in first place. You got fourteen points. Not too yeah. bad. Yeah. All right. Um, Randy, you were in third place. Um, you're going with eight points. You were going into this next weekend in third place with 12 points. But the good news is you and I both are tied for third right now. 12 points. <laughs> we're apiece. tied for second. And third. You're tied for yeah. second. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're battling it out. We're fighting. We're fighting for the, the, the sandwich spot or the cellar. So it, there's a lot to be to be desired on our end. But, Jim, don't think for a second we're just going to give it to you, all right? Um, obviously, we all got points for FSU. We all didn't get points for BYU. We all got points for Penn State. We all got points for Texas A&M. Um, Jim got points for LSU. Randy and I did not. And – Randy, you're the only one that picked Washington over Michigan State, so you got a point there. So a big, what a big pick. Yeah, big, big, big. And I think you mentioned it. You know, Jim was adamant about his big pick with LSU, and you were very adamant about your pick. Oh, no, that. I was just being a homer. I didn't actually – come on, guys, let's not even <laughs> lie about this. I did not think we were going to win. I <laughs> did think well, – why? because I told you all, Chris Peterson, my boy. You still there? Did we, did we confirm that? He's still there. He is still there. Right. Um, so looking at that, like I said, Jim, you're in first 14 points. Randy and I sit behind you with 12. Let's let's get into this week's slate of games. First game on the docket. We got Clemson at Wake Forest. Jim, since you're in first place, man, you, you get the honors of, of picking first. Who you got? Well, don't act like you did me a favor because you did that to where I couldn't make sure I picked the same thing if y'all did. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, man, uh, give me Clemson. Ooh, Jim is going to go with the Tigers. Randy. Or, yeah, Clemson. Clemson. Wake Forest has got a nice number next to them, but are they actually that good? So Wake Forest is good. I just think that Clemson has been real slow. No, I was just curious because I haven't actually watched them play to know if they well, they are as good as that ranking next to them. So I only watched them play against Vanderbilt, so I don't know what that means. But, that, <laughs> I mean, you know, Sam Hart – or I think it's Sam hey, Hart. Hey, Vanderbilt actually, was undefeated coming to that game because I picked them, I remember. So, yeah. Hey, hey they're, they're, hey, they're still 3-1, and one, still 3-1, and one, battling it out, probably finished, you know, 3-9, and nine, but no big deal. You know, I this is one where I would love to be able to – pick up a point on you guys it's it's at wake forest like i I feel like that's that's a solid pick but then i feel like the last time i did this when wake forest was ranked they just crumbled like a like a soft undercooked cookie just fell apart (laughs) so i'm not gonna try to pick up a game on on you guys uh 
Yes, I am. Give me, give me Wake Forest. <laughs> Second place. Here I come. Here I come. Give me Wake. Um, that's only because I'm looking at the other games, and I, I just don't see uh, where we would differ. But needless to say, Randy, Florida at Tennessee. Who you got? I'm gonna pick those. Yeah, give me Tennessee. Homer pick. Give me the Vols. Randy, let me ask you a question. I've seen multiple of uh, the Tennessee baseball players, our guests, as a matter of fact, talking about they need to get uh, big posters, bad heads made, whatever. Um, someone sent a picture of the uh, the picture of Evan Russell in the Florida Gators helmet and said, this has got to be one. Do you agree? Like, I mean, that's so, somebody's got to have that. Him, the the picture of him and Jarrell Ortega when they're standing next to other arms folded, it's got to be there. It's got to be there. Solid. Jim, who are you taking? Florida, uh, Tennessee? Tennessee. Tennessee. It is unanimous. I'm taking the volunteers. I think the next one is going to be the one where somebody's going different because this one's a tough one. I'm going uh, different. I'm I'm going A and M. I think they're they're figuring it out, and I I don't think Arkansas is that good. Oh, well, I guess we're not going different. I want A and M. I go. want Arkansas. So there's your chance both to gain a game. Let's go. I I could man. I could I could be right taste there. It. I could taste <laughs> it. Arkansas for Jim. USC at Oregon. All right. State. So let me tell y'all guys before y'all ask about this game because there was very limited games. I went on this one simply because Oregon State was undefeated and this point spread was the lowest of all the options. So I figured that this was the closest game I could find. You know what I do know about this game? I, is it a night game? Yeah, you won't be watching it. That's, I will not. I, I, I'll figure out who won in the morning. But Give I, me the uh, Trojans. Randy's taking USC. I'm surprised with many kids. He has. He don't believe in Trojans. Um, yeah, give me USC. Oh, hey oh, hey oh. This is one where I mean, is USC that good? That's the question. Yes, it's less than a touchdown favorite at Oregon State. It's tempting, Daniel. You just took one. It's very similar. Yeah. Oh man, now get. Give me the Trojans. <laughs> Give me you. All right, TCU, SMU. I mean, you you pick some barn burners, Jim. Dude, yeah, go to go down the list, my guy, and tell me. What I mean, you find better. You sh- you should have went with the hot Randy's hot take, hot cake, Washington, the Huskies. They're at home with a thirteen and a half point spread. That don't sound great. I don't mean nothing. SMU, TCU. Jim, who you got? Give me TCU. Oh, TCU. Randy, who you take? Give me SMU, baby. I'm picking up another one. I need SMU, too. I, I don't know. Man, I got a chance to pull really far away. I love it. Or you got a chance to dive into the cellar. The next All one right. could be a separation one, too. I don't know. Texas and Texas Tech. I um, first thing. I don't think Texas. All right, one. I don't think with viewers Texas was that good. Two with the next guy, Card. I think is his name. I don't think 
they're that good. I think they're basically the same team with a little bit lesser of a quarterback. So give me the Red Raiders. Give me Texas Tech. Jim, who you got? That's who I was going to go with. I thought I was going to give me another one. Randy, go ahead and take Texas Tech, too. You know you want to. No. Hook them, baby. So, based on the differences here, assuming that you and Randy are right on the ones that y'all are separate from me, and then Randy's right on the ones where he was separate from you, Randy would be in first place just chilling. Or I could be fucking dead last. <laughs> it's the beauty of this game. The swings. The swings. Any other games that you – stick out to you guys where you're just like man like that might be no this this was a week that i mean i tried to search for you guys it's it's just not there all all eyes are gonna be on florida tennessee guys and texas and arkansas does georgia cover 45 points against yes Yes. they cover 45 against mainly anybody not named they may cover 45 in the first half they might and then they'll be yeah putting in whoever their backup quarterback is. How Have you ever seen such a flip? Like last year, Stetson didn't even play. He got thrown in because he was injured. And then this year, everybody's like, oh, he's really still not that good. And the dude just dominates. Like he just – he doesn't look good doing it. I admit that. But, like, it just – I mean, he's so good in college. <laughs> I don't know. They were making comparisons to him and somebody. Um, forget who it was, but – the numbers were just crazy, crazy good. So I don't know. It's it's if Alabama doesn't win it, it's got to be them, right? I think that Georgia's the heavy favorite. Yeah. If Alabama wins, it would be an upset. And I would I would agree with that, but I guess my my question is is they they are going to win it, right? I think so. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to go it's gonna be Georgia, the... Bama. It's going to be the winner of Alabama, or excuse me, the winner of Michigan, Ohio State, and then what is that? Either USC. Clemson or U- Clemson or USC. Like that's yeah. yeah. It may be those four because USC doesn't really play. I mean, they play Notre Dame, but they don't. I mean, they're not in the Big Ten yet. Yeah. Very true. All right, guys. NFL. We got to talk pro football, and we're going to start with them boys all right i gotta ask you guys did you we all picked the Bengals um last week we didn't have a whole lot of faith and i quite frankly didn't have a whole lot of, of faith in them um one because you don't play that good with your best and then two we go into a game with our backup quarterback that seen limited action but he is now going up against the defending AFC champions. But they went in, they ran the ball extremely well. Cooper Rush didn't have to do a whole lot. I think Kellen Moore did a phenomenal job of protecting him in that aspect. But moving forward, for them to win more games during this Dak absence, they're going to have to open up the playbook and he's going to have to pass the ball. I would be interested to see how he performs if it's a zero zero game, if he's down seven nothing, or if it's, you know, tied up, you know. But you know um, one thing you can say after two games though, Daniel, the defense is is legit. 
Yeah, I mean, the defense, Micah Parsons is the best defensive player on that team and probably the best defensive player in the NFL. Aaron, like, Donald, Aaron Donald just broke something somewhere. Yeah, but I, I think when you look at the past two games, it's hard for Aaron Donald because – the position that these both of these guys play, it's not you're not comparing apples to apples, right? For starters, um, but Micah Parsons is like a problem. He is a problem, at least for Aaron Donald. I think like you can figure out some type of scenario where you can run away from him. <laughs> like you don't have to to go towards him. He does find himself in the backfield, and well, there's not have a it. There's not a better team for him to face either than Cincinnati, who's still this year after supposedly shoring up the offensive line can't protect Joe Burrow to save their life. Right. So, but moving forward, I mean, I, I think the Cowboys gotta gotta still rely on the the heavy run game. Zeke needs to come alive and help. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to be the end all be all, but I think he's got to do something because Pollard is great, but. You can only be so creative with Tony Pollard and, and, and before they start sniffing that out. So, um, you know, that's kind of my take on the Cowboys. I don't know how you guys see them, but that's that's what I see them. They need to be tested a little bit. They're going to have to throw the ball better, and they're going to need to continue to be good on the running game. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'll say that they, they, they did uh, – their job and they were impressive, but I think it probably at the end of the day is still saying a lot about the Bengals and the problems they got. And, you know, um, since we're not going to deep dive into those games, the Browns and the Ravens really messed up by blowing their leads um, and not moving to two and zero and having both having a two game lead over the Bengals and kind of putting them in a deep hole to start the season. Very true. Right, Randy, we got to go to you. We got to talk about your Colts. What is what's the problem? Or is there oh. a problem? Oh, a lot of we suck. The division <laughs> sucks. Matt Ryan's old. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor can't play every position. Now Michael Pittman's hurt. We don't have our best defender in Shaq Leonard. So they got big problems, man. If you get shut out, and I know they never went in Jacksonville, that's not really the problem. The problem is that you didn't just get shut out, you got embarrassed, you got shut out completely dominated in every phase of the game. Matt Ryan looked, although the first week he threw for a lot of yards, this week, I mean, Jacksonville's defense looked like it was the freaking 85 Bears. I mean, they really – they got some problems. The good news is the division is so bad, though. You're still right there. You're right, but let me me piece this to you. Do you think – I mean, this – Doug Peterson going to Jacksonville, obviously Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine, getting a little – his second or third year, however, whatever year it is. I mean, the Jaguars might win that division with like seven wins. I don't know. The Colts are in trouble, man. Seven, and, Titans seven and ten division champs. The Titans are not good. The Titans suck. The Texans are not even trying the to win. Titans They're still giving up us. the most offense through two games. Obviously, yeah, the Texans and their issues. Um, that's why I still think y'all are going to win. I, I feel what you're saying about the Jaguars, but um, the you know Pittman's supposed to be back. Um, if Matt Ryan can be better, um, you know you should have won Week One. If Blankenship just makes a chip shot field goal, I mean. I still, I still think the Colts are going to win that division. I mean, you are essentially a win away from <laughs> being right in the mix, baby. Back in, back in it, back in it. 
Randy, what's what's worse, the AFC South this year or the NFC West the year that Seattle uh, went to the playoffs at seven and nine? So it's hard to tell after a couple of games, but the AFC South might be historically bad. I mean, they are really bad. Really. Oh, look at the Jaguars plus 18. Look at the rest of us. We all suck. <laughs> 62 points. Ah, the tit- it could be worse. I could be a Titans fan. Yep. Good Lord. I mean, that's that was all Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs right there. Eat that one. All right, Jim, now's your chance, man, to sound off on referees, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Bucks. The floor is yours. Look, I'm going to put it to you guys this way. I'm going to start by telling y'all I have yet to let him out of timeout. I have blocked one Mike Hughes on social media and a couple other people because they think that Mike Evans is some – heroic character who defended Tom Brady when I watched a segment with Ryan Clark and Keyshawn Johnson and they showed three three different incidents where he cheap shot at Lattimore never face up always from behind he's a punk and he took that opportunity because they showed a stat during that game 168 snaps those two have lined up against each other he's got five catches boys Evans Lattimore is your daddy and you can't take it and so anyways he does what he does, and it drastically alters the game, fellas. At that point, the Bucs have no points. They can't do anything. Obviously, the Saints' offense can't do anything, but they're still holding the lead, and then that happens. Lattimore gets taken out of the game, and then it feels like the refs all of a sudden feel this need to blow the whistle. It's going to be fourth down. They call a personal foul helmet-to-helmet call. Guys, I don't know if you saw the replay of this. Actually, Daniel, you told me you didn't. Randy, I don't know if you saw it. The defender actually whiffed. On, I saw it. He whiffed, and yet he got a helmet-to-helmet call, so gave him a first down. Later in that same drive, uh, it would be fourth down again. They called a holding on a defensive lineman. The commentators, who are not Saints commentators, both said both calls were beyond questionable. So that gets them their first points. And then the second touchdown. Well, it went to Perriman over the top on one P.J. Williams. P.J. Williams, who was in the game for one Marshawn Lattimore. So that – ejection obviously matters um so yeah the refs drastically altered this game the saints should still own the bucks in the regular season i do not have an answer for you guys about james winston because you guys tried to convince me that he could be the guy daniel told me he could be um he's not looking like that guy um i need him to be it didn't help that he didn't have camara this week um he will have him back this week um Got to feed Mike Thomas, got to feed Landry. Um, they didn't use Taysom this week like they did the week before. Um, you know, he he got two plays in. Um, one was successful, one wasn't, and they kind of went away from it. So um, we will see, but I'm not ready to sound the alarms on the Saints yet, and I still believe that defense is absolutely legit. Yeah, I I thought you were going to start pointing the finger at, at people. Kind of glad you did. You didn't go that route um, because – I want to I want to say that I think that Lattimore getting ejected is just as much his fault as it is Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, and Mike. He you know he had the opportunity to do a lot of things differently and he chose not to. And but I mean he got shoved by Fournette first and then he got thrown down by Mike Evans. I mean, were you supposed to just stand there like a punk bitch? 
Well, when the referee says, hey, go, but you choose to he, go. He did go. Them. Tom Brady <laughs> came back to him. Watch the clip. Tom Brady comes back to him. Randy, back me up on this, bro. They're, they're I can't on. back you up there because he did. He did. He, he walked away. Tom Brady then, said something. He turned back around and walked back over there. If you're Lattimore, you got to walk away. Well, Tom, what you think Tom Brady's going to fight him? Absolutely fucking not. And and do you think who do you like? And where's who, Gardner Johnson who, when I need him? Damn it. Who is gonna? Who do you think is gonna get a flag if you go at Tom Brady? Mike, uh, well, no, he didn't have a flag. He didn't have anything on him until after. But what I'm, what I'm saying, but my, my point being is, if you think that you're going to win the tough man battle against Tom Brady, like, you're not. And let me be, let me be clear. I've been trying to find an option to trade Leonard Fournette all week for putting his hands on Lattimore. I just hadn't found it in fantasy um, or else his ass would be off my team. I don't care if he did play for LSU. He's a punk bitch, too. Wow. That's, that, that's, that's pretty pretty rough you're, you're gonna treat you guys like that oh my god yeah because you know what they also looked bad they sat there and talked bad about Jameis winston and all the things when he played with them devin white was one of them he's a punk bitch from lsu too let's get oh let's that's ridiculous look no hey. did you know did you not see what devin white said about james winston it was uncalled for talk talking about he we knew he was going to give us the ball because we played with him before and we know that's what he does is give the ball to the opposing defense that was uncalled for oh come on now it wasn't those words exactly it was yeah it was just but about is is there anything not factual about what he was saying? But it's it's just bad sportsmanship. They ain't on the same damn team anymore. Who cares? I expect better from Devin White. I'm going to tell you right now. Ain't nobody on that Saints team want to tie with no Devin White, bro. No, not at all. But let's, let's get into it, guys. Let's recap our picks from last week. Um, so, the down and dirty. Jim. You actually, Randy, you were in first place with eight points. All right, eight solid points, man. What do you think about that? You good? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I mean, are you about to tell me that I had a bad week? I mean, I feel like you are. No, I'm gonna say that you had a a a really really decent week. You know, you went, you got you got four. I don't know what what more you want. You had uh, I want five. Okay, so. Last week you won six. This week you won two. So there you go. You got you got a total of eight. Jim, last week you won three. This week you won five. Solid week. You're at you're at um at eight. eight. Um, or I'm sorry. Last week you won three. This week you won three. You're at six. And then damn, I, he made me feel like I was tied for first. <laughs> last week I won one. This week I won three. So I'm at. So, Randy, yeah. you're still sitting in first place. Don't I'm doubling your ass up. Yeah, you are, but not not for long. You know what I just did in the college pick? I'm about to do the same thing right here. I don't know. I can't even pick now. You got me distraught. I thought I was tied for first, and here I'm trailing to you. Nope. You're, you're down two, um, but you're two ahead of me, so you're sitting solidly in second place. You know, Coach Bowler once told me second place is like kissing your sister, Daniel Ball. Hey. Well, he knew. He, is, he, he, <laughs> he knew. Um, so the, the way it, it, it panned out, Jim and I got points for the chiefs over the chargers. Um, Randy and I got points for the bucks over the saints. I picked the dolphins over the Ravens. Some miracle solid, kind of, solid kind of way. Yeah. Solid pick. 
Uh, we all did not get points for the Bengals. Um, you guys got points for the pack over the Bears. And, Jim, you got the Eagles over the Vikings. So that's how the points rolled out last hey, week. Hey, before we do our next picks, because one of the games, uh, you mentioned it right off the top, um, with with the Bill or I mean not with the Bills but with the uh, the Chargers uh, Chiefs, man, Randy, man, we were texting in real time. I gotta just give the dude his props again. The play before where Herbert can't even can't even walk to two yards for a first down and just throws a freaking dart, dart. on the money and leads them to a touchdown drive. A, a drive that I wouldn't even had him in for. I would have waved the white flag. Uh, that man went out there and showed that he is an absolute dog. And, I mean, I got nothing negative to say about that cat. All these guys that that pick the Chargers to be in the Super Bowl, I, I think they have the talent. I just don't think they have the coaching. I don't know. Right now I got a question if they got the offensive line because of the way he's getting battered around. Yeah. True. True. And that's one thing. I mean, well, historically, last year, you don't you don't have to have a great offensive line to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you might have to, to win a game now because Joe Burrow is fighting for his life back there. Oh, yeah. This his offensive line through the first two games is worse this year than they were last 13 year. Thirteen sacks, dude. God. Jeez, I think he had what didn't he have like nine in the Titans game or something though? Unbelievable. Something crazy. Yeah. All right, guys, this, this week's slate of games, Bills at Dolphins. Could you ever Bandy. imagine this game would be like, this is the one right now. This is going to be electric. Randy, who you got, Bills or Dolphins? Give me, I'm going with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Jim. I'm going with the Bills, but not because necessarily Josh Allen. That defense is legit. I don't yeah, even think. This is going to be close, to be honest. Like, I I get there's a little bit of, like, a, a, a hype train forming with the Dolphins. But the the Bills are just different. They're, they're different than they were last year. They are much improved. And I think they have a nice little chip sitting really fat on their shoulders right now. So. As much as I would like to gain some ground on you guys, I'm not going to do it on this one. I'm going Bills. Rams and cards. Rams and cards. Jim, who are you taking? Mm. Is, is it at Arizona? Yeah. yeah. Um, give me the Cardinals. Oh. Randy, who you got? Rams. Ram, I'm gonna go. Mm, 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 mm. I'm gonna go Rams, despite the Cardinals winning and coming from behind to do so. It took a lot of effort to do that. I mean, Kyler Murray got slapped in the face, and it took him running the. I, I don't know. He, he ran 60 yards to, to run 10 positive yards <laughs> to score. 22nd play. Yeah, it, 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 if that's how you win games, like that's not 
that's not a recipe for success. Well, so eventually, if they can if they can hang tight, he'll get Hopkins back, which changes everything. That's true. Yeah, that does. But, if, if he was there, I might pick different. Yeah, because uh, Marquise Brown ain't, ain't like he ain't D Hop. That's for sure. No, he's a great number two, number three guy, but he's not number one. All right. All right. Ravens at Patriots. Give me the Ravens. Jim, who are you taking? Ravens. And shout out to the running back quarterback who won me fantasy by himself. Oh, yeah. So you're you're actually gonna give him some credit? No, I called him running back quarterback. <laughs> I mean, when he wins the MVP like that, don't don't be hating. Be hating. Randy, who are you taking? <clears throat> I think I'm going to pick the Ravens just because after they gave up the booty like that, I can't see that happening again. Yeah. And, I, and on your MVP comment, by the way, you just talked about Josh Allen. You think that man's going to have a chance to win over Josh Allen? I don't see it. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to win it. And that, that that's another reason. True. Packers and Bucks, give me the Bucks, Jim. I know who you're taking. I'm taking the Packers, and I want Aaron Rodgers to freaking beat that ass. I hate the Bucs more than anything. Randy, I actually told Daniel, I actually do not dislike the Cowboys anymore. I've decided the Cowboys are off the hook. I'll no longer be a Cowboys hater. I am a Bucs hater. Jeez, this guy. All righty. Yeah. All righty, then. He lets the Saints and LSU just fire. You just get fired up. Fired up. You act like I ain't hated the Bucks the last two years through this whole no, time. I, I, I didn't like Tom. Brady I get it, but you you're now like resorted to a new level of hatred for these. He even hates guys. the LSU guys. LSU, the I, it's almost like it's like he he's researching any LSU guy that played for the Bucks. The get, get like, Russell Gage plays for him too. F him. <laughs> I didn't pick him up on the waiver wire just because. See, and that that's just silliness. Um, Randy, who'd you take? I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm gaining games everywhere. Look at this. That's what you think, sir. 49ers and the Broncos. Let's talk about this for a second. What, like, this ain't what Denver thought that they signed up for, right? Mm Mm-mm. Russell Wilson getting booze at home in his first game. Yeah, he, he it's it's looking hey, very bad. San Francisco's getting what I would have wanted to sign up for. All three of us were all about Jimmy G, and now you got him. Yeah, I mean, are they better off? Absolutely. I told you you were better off in fantasy. Iuk's fixing to be money now. Uh, we'll see. He's got a lot to prove from the last two weeks. Uh, give me 49ers. Randy, who are you taking? Oh, Jimmy G's been my guy from the, from the jump. From the jump. The Niners. Jim, you going to – is there any LSU players on any of these teams that you want to no, not root for? But Russell Wilson is my quarterback in two different leagues, and I just want him to help me get a dub. So I'm going to go Broncos and hope they coincide together. We'll see. Giants. And the Cowboys. Jim, who you got? Oof. Oof. I'm, this, this is a tough I'm, one. I'm going with the boys. Oh, the boys. Boy. I'm picking up a game. 
You, Randy, you're going Giants. I am going Giants. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I am. I think that what you saw was the Cowboys caught a little lightning in a bottle. No more Cooper Cup. No, it's it's because the uh, the defense. Not I Cooper think Cup. That, <laughs> we know what you meant, Cooper Russ. I think it's because of the defense. I'm I'm picking it solely based on the defense. I think they're gonna reap havoc on the Giants. Oh man, oh man, oh man! And this is Zeke's game, Daniel. He's finally gonna do something for me. I I'm gonna go with the Cowboys because I think their defense is a problem for the Giants. I think it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be problematic enough for the offense to score a few points and, and pick up a dub. So give me give me the boys. Randy, I got a question for you that's funny and not funny at the same time. It's it's not funny because somebody getting hurt is not funny, but it's funny because the joke was made by us about Saquon Barkley last and past week three. Does he Does he avoid an injury this week? Yeah, he's going to beast out too. He's rushing for 162. Because <laughs> you were the one that said, you were the one that made the joke. That's true. But I got to believe in him now because I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my, uh, my lead up a little higher. I'm only two games up on you. I mean, I ain't worried about Daniel. He's way back there, but oh, yeah, got to watch you. Yeah. You, that's what I want you to say. <laughs> by, by week 10. The, the roles are going to be reversed, and I'm going to be sitting on top of the mountain. <laughs> Probably. It's a Damn. marathon, not a sprint. That's right, saying I told you so. Now, guys, uh, I mean, that that's that's everything, man. A, long, a lot of stuff as far as on the gridiron to to recap and, and look forward to. Uh, Jim, I'll leave it with you, man. Any, any last words, anything we missed? Uh, I got nothing. Randy? I'm good, brother. Well, solid show, boys. Another solid show. We had a great guest bringing back for the second time. We got to talk to Hunter Elliott. What a good dude. Um, you know, possibly, Jim. I, and now that he's not here, but real quick, do they have – are they reloaded and can they compete for a national championship? Realistically, knowing who you guys have picked already, um, I mean, they had the second best uh, recruiting class um, coming in um, behind LSU. So there's obviously that. You got guys like um, Hunter Elliott, McCanns, and Chatney, and all that coming back. So, yes, I do believe they have the talent to compete. Um, at, at minimal, I think this, this is a team that hosts a regional. Will you get season tickets again? Yes. There it is. LSU's coming to town. That's just enough already. I'm I'm so like I, you you love LSU you hate certain players that play with LSU. I just want to know how Randy's not going to be here for Tommy White. That's all I want to know. Because well, I'm going to be down there with DB. We're going we're going to get our our our, our vacation Mouseland. Yeah, yeah, but somehow Daniel's going to be on the podcast, but you're not. It's a little <sighs> different because I'll be home. Yeah, I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be in the art of imagination. That's right. All right, guys. I want to thank Hunter Elliott for joining us. If you like hearing Hunter's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, shares, likes, all the bells and whistles. We'll take all that. We'll see everybody next week for episode 16. We are going to be talking soccer and gym. 
Hopefully there's no hatred for LSU soccer players because <laughs> we're bringing on one of their best, Shannon Cook. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.